humans, it's Rob here with Not A Robot Podcast's DC Comics Review Show number 132, the world's greatest comic show about the world's greatest superheroes, and with me as always is Brandon. Hello everybody. And Josh. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a... Pl- no, 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 it's it's just a bird. Ah, oh, pesky birds looking like planes <laughs> or other things <laughs> other things that fly I suppose yeah like paper planes <laughs> and, hot, and hot, the letter hot, M hot air balloons True. the letter M <laughs> oh you've been watching you ever do that in grade school oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> or W <laughs> yeah I I knew exactly what you were talking about. Click. <laughs> Not from me, but I remember the shit from my kids for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, you know what you got to do if you ever want to get in touch with us. You know the drill. You send us an email to that email address, which is comics at notarobotpodcasts.com and get us on Twitter at notarobotcomics. Also Instagram at narcomicbooks. And if you feel like supporting us, visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash narpodcast where you can get access to our very own Discord server and you can talk to us and other fans about all things geek. Like just today we were talking about Marvel Snap. All week we've been talking about Marvel Snap because they released oh my God. the PvP. <laughs> yeah. So fun. And there's I, I'm tempted to start a little round robin tourney once we get uh, Isaiah in the PvP. And if Nathan can get on, I think there's other people in the server playing too, but I'm not quite sure who else I think yet. it's me, you, Isaiah, Nathan, and Kirk. That's it? I think. I could have sworn I, there was one other. I, Brandon, maybe? are you playing the Marvel only... Snap? Marvel Snap? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Oh, man, it's <laughs> a lot of fun. And it's super free. It's incredibly free. Mm. It's more free than any other mobile game it's has been. that. Yeah. Yeah, right, there, it well, is ridiculously like uh, ridiculously yeah. compared to other mobile games. Um, yeah, cheap as hell because you really you don't need to spend money at all. No, you really don't, mm-hmm. unless you want to, which I, I'll admit I, I have a couple of times. But <laughs> there, it's only like with other freemium games, it's only for cosmetics, which is fantastic. It's actually really hard to get cards you don't have by spending money. Well, that's good. Yeah, it, it's wild for what's essentially a TCG without the T. So it's a CCG. I forgot that was a thing. CCG. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so for today's books, we are looking at such a short week. Batman Legends of Gotham one-shot, DC Power, a celebration, Lazarus Planet Legends Reborn number one, and the Flash One Minute War Special number one, as well as a singular honorable mention. But before we get into that, we'll get into some news, because goddamn, there's been some news this week. And oh, what hell a list yeah. of news it's been. If you're ready for some news, give me a hell yeah. Uh, I'll give you a hell yeah. First, <laughs> quick, quick. One hell yes. Oh. Quick blip. The Royal Rumble <laughs> was pretty kick-ass. Eh... Uh, 
<laughs> I, I enjoyed it. I won't, we, I, we don't I have to argue about it. it. No, yeah. we won't. We won't debate. I already got into an argument with my brother-in-law and my niece about it. <laughs> I enjoyed the women's rumble more than the men's rumble, and they both thought I was insane and needed glasses. But uh-uh. that's my opinion. <laughs> the women's royal uh, rumble was better than the men's royal that's rumble. That's what I'm saying. It was the men's rumble was kind of dull. <laughs> there was like three great spots, and that was it. The women's rumble was full of amazing spots and returns, but that's. Neither here nor there. Point is, Roman versus Owens was the match of the night, as was expected. Of course. But as far as comic books go, yes. Holy smokeroonies. Yeah. Remind me, last week, yeah, we did get to talk about the three books that were announced with. Uh, Titans, Green Lantern, and Cyborg, right? We talked about that, if I remember right? Yes. Okay. Well, with that now out of the way, uh, January 31st rolled around. Maybe one, I guess there is one Dawn of DCU point you could mention, but I think it's it's pretty minor, um, and that's just that the the DC previews catalog, which is like their, basically like the, the look at the upcoming books for the next couple months or something, did some of the advertisements for some of the Dawn of the DCU books, and they have um, some early preview art for what's coming next. So for Green Arrow and Superman, I think um, I think maybe one other. I gotta double check, but it's like early, early looks at the art um, for the first issue. Can I get a woohoo for a Green Arrow book? Right now, yeah, no, very excited. I was telling Josh off the air. I'm in a very Green Arrow mood. Like the past two or three days yeah. or so, so I've just been reading a ton of Green Arrow. I think we have all been craving some of that, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you guys saw last night when at my LCS, I picked up some Connor Hawk Green Arrow, which I've never yeah read. So I'm all for which, actually. I my my brother, I'm going to join you because I you were like, wait a minute, when's the last time I read something with Connor Hawk? And I had to dig it up, and I I I remember I had like I went to some LCS over the summer, and I. Ended up finding one of the uh, one of the Connor Hawk issues too, and it was like some some random issue where Connor's in Metropolis and he works with Lois Lane. And I was oh, like, right. oh, I should give that one a reread. What uh, what issue number is it? Uh, let me pull it out. Here we go Green Arrow one oh nine from 109. June nineteen ninety six. That's, that's yeah. actually not far off from what I have. Really. Yeah, that's what I was kind of curious. Sure. If Please. maybe you have an issue I'm missing now. <laughs> That'd be cool. Let's see. <laughs> oh my god. Where is it? Oh, this hefty pile I picked up. Uh, oh no, okay. My my set started at 114, then I got 116, 17, 18, and 19. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Actually, that's an idea for the other show that we occasionally mention, but uh, has, has kind of <laughs> stalled. But there's a yeah. yeah, there's a there's a Green Arrow, Nightwing, and Batman crossover um, from like 1998. It's like right after No Man's Land, and I'm trying to remember. I think it's called um, like Fist of the Monkey or something. Um, but it's really fun. Um, and uh, when I when I find the name, I'll send that over to our Discord because that could be a fun one to talk about too. Right on. 
or wait, Brotherhood of the Fist. That's the name. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna send okay. it. That's a fun little five issue crossover. What uh, what issue numbers? Um, here I'm gonna so send the list. Brotherhood of the Fist. So you got Green Arrow, 134, 135. Oh, I forgot Robin was a part of it. Um, Nightwing, Robin, and Detective Comics. So it's like the Bat family teams up with Connor Hawk. Okay. Can't, that looks good. Can't complain about a book like that. Yeah. yeah. Right on. Oh, there's two issues for Green Arrow, one issue for the others. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, that's something to look at for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, right, yeah, so with that, we can get into... I'm trying to find an article that just lists it uh, properly <laughs> instead of a huge-ass write-up on each announcement. The, oh, I mean, I've got the list here. Weekly, I think. Um, okay, you, you've got the list? That's the one list? I was looking at. Oh, yeah. Good, Okay. I, I know where I can find the list too. And I You're on the right. list. Why am I on here? <laughs> right. Well, without further ado, if y'all have been living under a rock the past, uh, say, 24 hours or more, 48 for good measure, uh, James Gunn has finally, as of January 31st, he left it down to the feckin' wire. <laughs> <laughs> announce oh, yeah, parts of the DCU slate over the next 10 years and keep in mind for just to be sh- uh, sure here it's not the entire slate he did say that they're planning the next 10 years and he did not release the entire 10 years now he released what they're being dubbed uh, is chapter 1 and it's subtitled Gods and Monsters so it's similar to, to MCU's me. Phase One, and this this is very much Gods and Monsters esque, uh, because we start uh, the first project announced is an animated series, seven episodes written by James Gunn that is already in production, and it's one that I think we are all fairly excited for: Creature Commandos, <laughs> starring none other than Frankenstein, as if it's not like 12 people. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be real here. I mean, the three of us at least. (laughs) We we equate half the fan base of this show right now. Exactly. Yeah, it looks really good. They have a a teaser image. Uh, Also includes, and if this is uh, tied into the live-action DCU, Weasel which I assume is the same weasel from the Suicide Squad, directed and written by James Gunn. Mm-hmm. At least what looks so. like weasel to me. Uh, it looks very interesting. And I don't know if, if you guys are looking at the image now, but over on the left, uh, is that... <sighs> no, not... I'm getting my names confused now. Tom Strong's not DC, right? Um, Tom Strong? It's that's dicey. Yeah. yeah. I guess it depends on who you ask. Some okay. would say yes, some would say no. Right. That's where I'm getting confused. He, he, yeah, he technically showed up in the terrifics, but well. Yeah, yeah that's uh, that's anyway. where I was getting. Yeah, that's I a about that's that. a whole other thing. Yeah, but no, this this guy on the left looks like the 
the most normal person here. It looks very familiar. Uh, yeah. But I can't quite place it. Oh, oh my god. Well, well, now I'm thinking, who the hell is that guy's name? Ah, uh, not Vandal Savage. It was a Doc Savage. Doc Savage. Not Marvel. Oh, yeah, or yeah. Not DC. But, <laughs> no, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I mean, this could be a very different Doc was, Savage. So I don't want to say anything definitive. But, it was, yeah, like um, there, there's Doc, a ver- there's yeah. a version of Doc Savage with DC, right? Or was that just a inter? Yes, yeah, inter- very, very briefly, them. like yeah, yeah, right before the Flashpoint, um, they acquired the rights of like a ton of pulp characters, so they got Doc Savage, and well, I think they had him in the '80s, and they lost the copyright, and they got him back, um, and then. They had the same thing with the spirit, um, who was like mm-hmm. another pulp uh, strip character from the forties. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it, I it could be a different version, so I don't want to say anything definitive. But yeah, the Doc Savage they usually have is like it kind of has like really bronze skin and like a buzz cut. Yeah. Um, like the Golden God from the forties. Yeah. yeah. For some yeah. reason, I was thinking that person might be like an older. Um, Rick Flag, or like Ooh. maybe it's Rick Flag Senior of the original maybe. Suicide Squad, but I think that was just because of the yellow shirt because he had that in the movie. Well, there's only one way to find out, everybody, and that's to tune in to the animated cartoon show. That's it. Yeah. Soon available on all HBO Max. Seven of us. <laughs> for, oh man. <laughs> hey, for all but, of you I aspiring, mean, you know. Oh no, no go for it. Go ahead. I was go, just going to say something gonna silly. Continue. Say something. No, I, I was just, I was just gonna say maybe it'll, maybe it'll get the Guardians of the Galaxy effect, and everyone will love the Creature Commandos, and you'll have people you dressing go. up as GI Robot and Frankenstein and Velcro and Nina and all these other characters. Be <laughs> I would love that, but it's, oh, it's dude, a, a bit uh, ambitious. I forgot about GI Robot. Now I, now I recognize yeah. that little guy. Oh shoot! Yeah, that's <laughs> GI Robot. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, for all of you aspiring voice actors and regular actors out there, myself included, the uh, cast has yet to be selected. And i that's oh. all I know. I don't know if auditions are still happening or what, but they have yet to be cast. And they're looking to find people who can not only voice the animated characters, but also portray them in live action versions as well, if and when the characters appear in live action. So that's similar to like Archer. Yeah. Yeah. With the exception of H. John Benjamin. <laughs> okay. So I have made that He's argument before. not going to play H. <laughs> H. John Benjamin. I mean, H. John Benjamin in a suit, a full head of black hair. He could, he could have pulled off Archer. He's, he with, has, just doesn't have Archer's a body 15 figure, months of working out and a lot yeah. of hair growth. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was saying. <laughs> yeah, it's just like... They, they stole his... You, you would need to, eyes. like, completely transform him. Yeah, he has uh, a better I, chance I wanted of playing John Bob Hamm from Bob's Burgers than he would... Yeah, Archer. I would... John Hamm would be a fantastic <laughs> choice. But get John oh, Hamm yeah, to portray him and then dub H. John Benjamin's voice over everything. Exactly. Yeah, I think John Hamm could make that work. <laughs> he just needs those blue eyes. Anyway, that's it. That's yeah. not what we're talking about. No, though I do love me smart. But I definitely want to talk about this more. <laughs> it's entertaining. Uh, next up is Waller, which is a spinoff of Gunn's HBO Max hit series Peacemaker, and while it's not listed in the article, also the Suicide Squad. Realistically, 
Okay. Uh, so Viola Davis will return as Waller in a short series based off of her and is not being written by James Gunn. It's actually being written by Crystal Henry, who wrote Watchmen, and Jeremy Carver, who created the Doom Patrol show. So there's a lot of good talent back there. Next up is the next Superman movie, which is Superman Legacy, that Gunn is writing and directing. And it is not an origin story. Saffron and Gunn did confirm that it focuses on Superman balancing his Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing. So there will be a lot of give and take in that story, I believe. Next up, one that I'm mostly excited about is Lanterns. Finally, we're getting some bloody info. And it is, it did get announced last month that it was being retooled into a Jon Stewart centric show and that is mostly true it is john stewart and hal jordan and if y'all remember years ago if you were following the lantern news like i was when they said there was a movie and a tv show the movie was going to be hal and john and a buddy cop scenario possibly as detectives that is what we're getting but now in an hbo max series complete with all the hbo max budget styles you can get so it's going to look fantastic and hopefully be a lot of fun and again, yet to be cast. Agreed. Yeah. You know, as I'm getting, you know, early Superman vibes. I'm all about it. As long as Superman don't end up hooking up with a mermaid, count me in. Well, yeah, because then Arthur would be pissed. <laughs> well, that's a that's a Frank Miller slam there, but oh yeah, wait, what what Frank Miller book was this in? <laughs> or did um, I forget it? Uh, it was Superman Year One, I believe, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know if I read. Now that. I have I to look it up. I don't think Brandon's I... listening. <laughs> Wait, no, you guys just completely cut out for a second. Oh, um, I don't know what happened. Uh, uh, Superman, I think it's Superman Year One by Frank Miller, where Superman, young Superman, hooks up with the mermaid. Yes. Okay, Dear yeah, God. that's what I thought. Why? But it. it Likely will not be that because uh, I think, or at least so the so the, I mean it's not even really rumors at this point. They basically have just said it. But the big inspiration for the book is going to be All Star Superman, which you know has yeah. everyone kind of losing their minds because um, it's you know arguably one of the best Superman stories ever written. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Actually, when I was going through my dad's old comics the other day, I think I sent I, th- I think I sent a picture to you guys too. But I, I looked at Angela. I held up a copy of All Star Superman and All Star Batman. I said, "It is hilarious that these mm-hmm. two came out at the same time." <laughs> yeah. Right. You could not have <laughs> two bigger opposites. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I did forget to mention Superman Legacy does, and it is the only one on the list that has a confirmed release date of July eleventh, twenty twenty-five. So that is something to look forward to. Following Lanterns, we are now getting a movie based on a team of superheroes with rather extreme methods of protecting the planets that first originated in the late 1990s under the influential imprint known as Wildstorm. Woot woot. If you haven't guessed, it's the Authority. I can't. No, they're obviously wait. talking about Stormwatch. Oh, which yeah. I mean, I would be down for that, <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Who, who would play live action Henry Bendix? Oh, my God. <laughs> that is that is a question. Jason Alexander. Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> I think he's angry enough, but I don't think he could be a very convincing Henry Bendix. Um, the only thing I give a shit about gross. is that there's this means we're going to get a live action Apollo in Midnighter. And yes. God, I cannot I wait. wait. Oh man, that's yeah. gonna be so fucking awesome. <laughs> it's gonna yeah. be so good. I can't wait. I think my my main concern was just that it sounds like this is set within the main DC universe, but it's drawing its biggest inspiration from the original Authority run from 1999, which is entirely disconnected from that. And it works because of that, because you know the Wildstorm universe was its own universe, but it just doesn't really fit if you have a world where the Justice League already exists. So that's I, I'm just kind of hoping they do it in its own corner of the multiverse and it's just well part of the the larger stuff but so not necessarily I'm, a part of the dc universe what what i'm assuming is is we're gonna get um we're gonna get it separated but not apart if that makes any sense it's gonna be in the same universe in my opinion this is my forecast it'll be in the same universe but it's gonna exist pretty much separately like the suicide squad did mm. Mm. you know kind yeah, of stand, stand on its own I mean, we can say that about the Suicide Squad, but wasn't wasn't that the one where they had the silhouettes of the Justice League at the end? No, well, that was uh, Peacekeeper was at the very end, and it was just a oh, right, Aquaman right, yeah. fucks fish joke. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if he slept with Dolphin one time, so... That doesn't count. Don't say that about <laughs> Dolphin. That's not nice at all. Oh. She's got fish DNA. That's what I mean. <laughs> that is true. There's no yeah. What's more concerning is the fact that both Arthur and his protege have also have slept with Dolphin. I don't think anyone talks about that, but it's a little concerning. What, Garth? Yes. Oh, okay. I was going to say, Jackson Garth was married to Dolphin. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Peter David? What'd you call me? <laughs> I was going to phrase more of that question. But was that the Peter David run? <laughs> Phrasing. You know, I'm not sure. Brandon would probably know. But, uh. That sounds like Brandon's cut out. Yeah, no, you cut out oh, okay. again. I said, uh, was that Peter David? No, this is um, um, actually it might still be Peter David. I have to double check, but it's it's later into that you know four run, uh, Dolphin and uh, and Garth get together. But it's it's know. just I don't know. I always found that kind of disturbing to think about. Like Arthur was with Dolphin for a little while, and then he went back to Mira, and then Garth and Dolphin hooked up. Did they ever talk about that? Let's hope not. <laughs> she she not say something. Bro, that not very states, uncomfortable. You, you leave it completely I know, silent. but it's like <laughs> my my surrogate son is with my old girlfriend. I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> All right. So after the authority, we have our next project is another HBO Max series which is being described as a Game of Thrones-style drama set on the all-female island that is Wonder Woman's birthplace, Themyscira, and it is called Paradise Lost. 
It takes place before the events of the Wonder Woman films, and that is pretty much all we know about it so far. I'm still getting the vibe that it's going to be a lot like like Smallville slash Gotham, where you're going to see a younger version of Diana in it, and there's going to be a yeah. lot of of uh, the the older characters having adventures. Mm-hmm. But it also um, seems to imply that Diana's come to power. Yeah. Yeah, it also seems to imply that everything that has happened in the Wonder Woman films thus far is still canon, because they say this is before the events of the Wonder Woman films, you can kind of assume that that's still in play. Potentially, or it's just uh, a way to get the audience to know that, hey, this isn't a Wonder Woman movie, this happens way before that did. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the the last two of them are are still going to be part of continuity because uh, I mean, he's flat out said he's using flashpoint to completely reboot, reboot everything. Which that is true. Although some aspects, there's some stuff I wouldn't. Yeah. If it's, yeah, if it's, if it's anything like the comic version of flashpoint, it's going to erase some stuff, but keep a lot of other stuff like literally all of the lantern mythology and also Batman. So you know, you basically get to pick and choose what you want, much like Dan DiDio yeah. did. I this they were they were kind of special cases. They were Batman had so many family members; it was really hard to just erase most of them and have people yeah. not be pissed off. And Jeff Johns was he still had another twenty issues to go in his run. <laughs> you couldn't really just cut well, it yeah. off there, which is why Even the like, War of the, Green the entire history been a fantastic yeah. ending. Yeah, the entire history of, like, Parallax and all that stuff is still there. Yeah. Like, they still talk about the destruction of Ghost City and Hal going yeah. rogue and, uh, like, all of it. Him dying final yeah. night. Apparently that all happened with the Green Lanterns, but just the, the planet Earth doesn't remember. <laughs> Basically. Everything yeah. matters except what doesn't. Yep. Uh, I, I would have been fine, though, if they finished uh, their little sentence here that it takes place before the events of the Wonder Woman film. Yeah. And just leave it there. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Just, just the acknowledge one. the first one, forget 84 ever happened. I'm all right with that. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Uh, all right, and next up we have being titled The Brave and the Bold, which is very telling for me. And this is the introduction of the DCU Batman, which also introduces a character we have not seen in live action before, but I think we're all fairly excited for Damien motherfucking Wayne. Damien motherfucking Wayne! (laughs) Uh, And this is also taking inspiration from Grant Morrison's famous Batman run, which I was going to say started with. It didn't start with. It included... Uh, like I mentioned, Damian Wayne's introduction, among many other amazing stories, and there will be various other members of the Bat family throughout this. Uh, it is a mo- yes, it's a movie, um, but you will see various other members of the Bat family, members of the Bat family that have not had live action love before. So we're going to yeah. be seeing some new iterations of characters we have not seen. In live action, uh, which begs the that question. That could literally mean Rob. I want to. That could literally mean anybody. I want to see how you're doing in the Grant yeah. Morrison story. What do you think are the odds of us getting Batman R.I.P.? Oh. Not until later. Yeah, it's gonna be a while yet. 
if mm. if they do that though, it's gonna be like the third arc or the third story. I think the third movie. Mm. Yeah, but it's definitely kicking things off. We are gonna see the unnamed members of the Bat Family. Yeah. And then uh, Rob and I were sitting there talking and a couple of other ones um, in our Discord. And I just started listing off all the people that I was hoping to see it. And I got done and fucking realized I listed everyone in the Bat family. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think odds are it's, it's pretty safe we'll probably get, you know, Nightwing or something like that. Because... Yeah. Um, you know, they, they usually fold him into the family stuff pretty easily, like they did it in the Harley Quinn show and all that stuff. So would not be surprised to see really. Nightwing and Batgirl. Yeah. Oh, well, Nightwing and Oracle. Mm-hmm. I'm good with either version of Barb. Just... Yeah, me too. I would probably say Batgirl if you're just starting off, but you know, maybe Oracle down the line. Yeah. yeah, I mean, with Damien though, it's obviously not just starting off. But uh, this, speaking of starting off, if I'm not mistaken, um, the Brave and the Bold is actually what is kicking off the new DCU. That's, I believe, going to be our our the first movie that we see. Uh, at least from what I've read, it's not conclusive, but it could very well be. That would be cool. But I mean, Superman Legacy already has. Had it has a date penciled in so that that leads me to believe that might be the first one where the others there's, there's no date necessarily in 2025 damn it that yeah. that's only two years from now realistically um and if they, they oh, man, don't i have might not have two years left the <laughs> they need to man, don't say that gun's ass <laughs> oh man don't be so grim uh, uh. I just need them to hurry up. That's all. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Damn it. Oh, actually, I I made a mistake. There is another release date listed, but it's for a movie that some people are excited about, others not necessarily. There is another Batman movie coming, and it is a sequel to Robert Pattinson's The Batman. But and it's it is titled be the last one. Maybe. Uh, it it is titled The Batman Part 2 and it also releases in 2025 on October 3rd and we will have a Superman and a Batman movie in the same year for the first time I think ever Uh, yeah no probably ever yeah Yeah. which is wild I don't remember what year Superman Returns came out but I'm pretty sure it didn't come out the same year as a Nolan movie is that like 2006 or definitely not Definitely not. Because Batman Begins Superman was Returns? 04. Dark Knight, I think, Wait. was 2008. Yeah, no. Superman Returns, Returns was 2006. Yeah. Yep. Oh, good. Yeah, so it was definitely not definitely not the same yeah. year as a Nolan well. like, so. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Just like basically a year apart. Yeah. So that that is coming. Uh, the, okay, they do say in at least one more Crime Saga movie. So it's not confirmed it's the last one, but it's potentially mm-hmm. the last one for Robert Pattinson. But it is dubbed a DC Elseworlds story. So while it is not connected to the ongoing movie universe that Gunn and Saffron are building, they acknowledge that it exists within its own universe. And I love the fact that they're still using Elseworlds. I know. Uh, next one up is one that I think we are all excited about as well. 
It's another HBO Max series based on a unique, lesser-known hero created in 1986 by one of my outspoken, most, one of my most favorite writers and artists, Dan Jurgens. That is Booster Gold. We're getting another live-action version of Michael John Carter from the 25th century, and I don't know that Jurgens is involved in it yet. But I really hope so. Because as I say, I think I was talking to you yeah. at the time, Brandon, Jurgens has pretty much written everything Booster Gold has been in. So <laughs> Yeah, no, pretty much. Save yeah. for, you know, the the Wahaha era Justice League stuff and occasional yeah. other series, but yeah, pretty much everything. Yeah. So that's gonna be fun. Uh um, next but we up... talked about he better have skeets. Oh, <laughs> oh it's gotta have skeets. About... For, for potential What's up? Sorry, Brandon, you're cutting out, bud. Yeah, if if if, if Skeet's not in there, I'm going to be highly disappointed. And yeah. I'm I'm also confused and cautious about it because I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you can't have Booster Go without Blue Beetle, right? Realistic. I mean, I guess but we do have Blue Beetle coming yeah, this year, which is. What, so, will it be so? Is it going to be Booster Gold and Jaime Reyes, Blue Beetle? Oh, we've it remains to be seen if Ted Cord is going to make an appearance in the Jaime Reyes yeah. movie. So we could have both. Yeah, could be blue and gold and blue. Blue and gold and blue. We mentioned that, but yeah. I think you know it would be pretty easy for them to slip a line in like, oh, there was a previous, there were two previous Blue Beetles before, you know, Jaime got a scare, Dan Garrett, and then Ted Cord. So. I feel like that's not too yeah. difficult to to fit into there. No, the and only thing that know. has me scratching my head is that Ted Cord has not been mentioned for the Blue Beetle movie, but they've uh, they've uh, in, they're introducing uh, Victoria Cord, which um, yeah, I believe which that's would a yeah. seen character. in the recent Blue Beetle series, yeah. She was, she was original for the movie, and then Graduation Day has introduced her mm. into the comics. Uh, and I believe in the movie she is also going to be Ted Kord's sister. So I think it it's safe to assume that Ted Kord is at least going to have a yeah. cameo. And hopefully not a tombstone. <sighs> well, uh, well, we'll see if um, what's-his-name is in it. God, I'm so horrible with names today. <sighs> Shit. Dude, from I love. <laughs> Just Justice League International checkmate that asshole. Oh, um, Maxwell Lord. Maxwell Lord, yeah. If yeah. Maxwell Lord is in it, we'll probably see a Ted Core tombstone yeah, yeah. on it eventually. But if he's away, then Ted might live. Yeah, we'll see. He's away, then Ted could play. Awesome. <laughs> All right, next up, our penultimate uh, title is one that I think is Josh's favorite (laughs) one coming forward. It's Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. And this is, as is described in the article, it's taking its cues from the recent Tom King written miniseries, but it is a very different take from what we will Mm. see, or what we have seen in the past from Supergirl. 
uh, where this this is a Supergirl where Superman was sent to Earth and raised by loving parents in the Kents. Supergirl was instead raised on a chip of Krypton, which is probably Argo, and was just kind of an asteroid floating around in space where she slowly watched everyone around her die and be killed in terrible ways for the first 14 years of her life, and then she came mm. to Earth. So she's a little messed yeah. up. <laughs> Understandably so. <laughs> Uh, so it's going to be a bit of more of a hardcore Supergirl than we're used to, but I'm all about mm. that. I hope Sasha Kelly is still of a Supergirl, because I thought that she would have done a good one. Probably won't so. be, but... Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. And finally, if you remember when we were talking about Creature <laughs> Commandos earlier, I mentioned that they're looking for actors that can also play potential live-action versions of these characters, and if there's ever a project where any of the Creature Commandos could show up in live-action, then it is in a live-action horror film that is closing out the first part of the first chapter in Swamp Thing. Woo-woo. That's all mm-hmm. we know so far. But it's enough yeah, to get me. And as excited. long as it's better than the Wes Craven yeah. version, we're good. I yeah. saw that mm-hmm. once. No, I found that it like existed. It. I saw it once, <laughs> and I never want to see it again. <laughs> Unless I'm drunk. The, the, I, I'm telling you right now, though. I'm telling you right now. The Wes Craven version is it, it is light years better than the, the than the Swamp Thing Part Two. You know what? <laughs> oh my goodness! Then it's way better than Swamp Thing Part oh, Two, God. which was there's a part two. So very oh, that's terrible. Yeah, and it's <laughs> it's not by it's not by Wes Craven. Um, it's if I want to if I want if I'm remembering correctly, it's actually Roger Corbin, who is uh, oh, just very very famous for very very bad B or less movies it's oh, oh. I watched <laughs> that, it of that, course I that did that amazing I, Fantastic Four movie from 1992 <laughs> yeah there you go that one too uh, uh, that that yeah. one I've watched even though there's no way I should have but I've seen it and that is if you if you like cheesy bad movies you're gonna love it <laughs> seriously <laughs> that honestly though for the time it was in the thing being made with the same animatronics and and uh, makeup departments that made the TMNT movies, that's that's a decent choice. Thing didn't look that bad in comparison for the for the time it was set yeah. in. I would argue that that version of the thing looked way better than the Michael Chiklis oh version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought Michael Chiklis did a good job as the thing. Actually, I think he yeah. was one of the few things that I enjoyed about that show. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. But uh, his thing, it, it looked like poop. Yeah, actually. L- literally. Mm. It was, yeah. And if your poop looks like that, see a doctor. Uh, <laughs> yeah, even if it's on the sidewalk, it doesn't matter. Call a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just get someone out there to fix this. (laughs) Now, that is the rundown that we've got on the movies. But it's all of the TV and all of the movies are all a part of the big, huge universe. But that's not all. The video games are going to be released uh, sporadically, or not sporadically, intermittently. And those video games are actually going to be used to fill in time 
space, spaces of time that may not be present in the movies or TV shows. So you're, you're gonna, for example, you're going to want to get the upcoming Superman video game. Uh, James Gunn is gonna have his fingerprints all over it, and it will tie in to the to the larger universe. Hopefully, Unlike not a large amount. Though, any I other video games that have we've ever had. To- buy a video game to understand what's going on in the movie yeah oh no i yeah, imagine I it's, it's like just for completionists yeah. like me and but like it, the yeah, old it's school supposed to be used to say fill school, in time but, jumps but the movie the, the 2000s movie video games and early 2010s like with Iron Man and Green Lantern and Spider-Man and movie tie-in games, they they were in the same universe and they took place after the movies. Yeah. And you could, in your mind, if your own headcanon was good enough, you could be like, yeah, no, this is like the same thing. It's part of the same universe. But then the sequel rolls around if it got one and it just doesn't acknowledge anything in the video game is whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. Sucky. So it could be like that. Let's hope not. Let's yeah. hope not. But I mean, other than other than um, all of these sound amazing, with the exception of Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, if it is based on Tom King's, but it sounds like it may just be inspired by Woman of Tomorrow by King's yeah, no, Woman yeah, of Tomorrow. A lot of these aren't going to be not direct going adaptations. To some other planet yeah, of and, the work, like it's it's no. taking inspiration from Batman and Son or All Star Superman, but it's not going to be a one to one, you know translation yeah yeah no that's yeah, you're not going to be seeing Supergirl turning 21 getting drunk no 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 it'll just be like the tone will be similar or whatever yeah I hope that's the case if that's the case then I'll like all of them but all of them sound great the authority I am dying for Swamp Thing I can't wait to see since we're getting stuff like the Brave and the Bold and we're getting Damien introduced I can't help but wonder which Swamp Thing will we be getting? Probably Ooh. Alec Holland. That's the that's the question bet. I haven't thought. I could of. see them doing a, a completely new Avatar of the Green, but yeah, my guess would be Swamp Thing. I get the impression he's gonna try and do like a um, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? It's like it's like that kind of um, like '70s type of horror, like kind of schlocky. Um, is it Grindhouse? Oh, I don't yeah. know. Maybe, but yeah, oh, I was thinking something yeah, like that. Gonna, I mean, Grindhouse is technically yeah, because because but... Swamp Thing was you know from '72, so it would make sense. But um, that's just total speculation. I have no idea. That could be. I'd be I'll down put this for out there. Oh hmm. yeah, I would. With just like some references to Alec Holland from back in yeah. the day, I'm good with that. I'd be totally fine with that. Plus, I mean, let's be honest here, and, you know, this isn't me soapboxing or anything, but there's, with even with all of these cool upcoming shows, there's still not a whole lot of representation there. So, you know, having, having Levi show up would be, would be pretty cool, I think. Yeah. yeah. I think so. I think, but, uh, so. I think that's, that's about it for the movies. Yeah. Yeah. I is mean, there any you bring up a news? good point about representation. Uh, that, that you're right, there really isn't mm-hmm. much. Like you have John Stewart and Waller, uh, and then the rest I mean, is all as potential. Beetle, if he's carrying over, because that yeah, question mark is still large. Gold. 
Um, but the rest is all just potential. Uh, with You could have Levi Kimmy and Swamp Thing. You could have Signal and Batwing in Brave and the Bold, potentially. But none of that's confirmed. It's all hearsay mm. and... I don't know. I think they've definitely got Marvel feet in that department when they have a team of entirely monsters. You can't really be more diverse than that. Pretty hard. (laughs) (laughs) Just being honest. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we all know what Brandon's most favorite upcoming project is. I'm so excited. It does yeah, look really Midnight good. Coming. I've, I've said it once, so many yeah. times. I, I'm not even going to lie. I really been... enjoyed Frankenstein, Agent of Shade. It's just nice to see those characters getting some love. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yep, I'm down. All right, well, with that, I think that's all there is to talk about in the news. You guys got anything else? Mm-hmm. No. Nope, that's it. Other than I, I, the two that I'm looking forward to the most is obviously the authority, um, strictly because that means Apollo and Midnight are going to be there, and that's fucking that's fucking wicked. Um, and then the Brave and the Bold because we haven't had a Batman movie in fucking years, and I'm craving yeah. it. Well, I do wonder if I mean Wait. they're saying it's drawing inspiration from <laughs> the '99 team, but it's not confirmed what the roster of the Authority will be because obviously that's varied over the years. So I wonder if they're sticking with the classic one or if they're doing you know maybe more of a contemporary blend like we had with the Superman and the Authority team. It could be either or. Yeah. If. Apollo and Midnight or better show up. Anybody else I couldn't give two shits. I don't know. Manchester, I am so Black down for live action with? Jenny Sparks. That would be that would make my day. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Oh man. <laughs> but yeah. I think I think good. Apollo and Midnight is a safe bet no yeah. matter what for the authority cuz they they are arguably the two most famous characters from yeah. those teams from that team. At least the two, definitely the two most enjoyable. Yeah, uh, my favorite is. What happens if you get my favorite is still Apollo Jenny Sparks. and a Terminator Batman? Yeah. Wait, wait! Uh, <laughs> I just thought of something, and don't hate me, and James Gunn, if you're listening, don't don't necessarily take this to heart. <laughs> what if? And and honestly, Brandon, you just made me think about this when you when I first talked about the authority and you said Stormwatch yeah. I'm like wait a minute there was another team Apollo and Midnighter were on at the beginning of the New 52 and it was this called Stormwatch and it also included Martian Manhunter that is true that would be cool I would be down for Martian Manhunter actually showing up in a movie but on the authority though would that I, I don't be care I'd be fine with that yeah yeah okay because I mean, other than that, the only you have a very emotional Superman and a Terminator Batman, and I think there needs to be some kind of person there that would be able to rein everybody in somewhat. And uh, I, I Marshall Manhunter would do a good job of that. Or I think. again, just get Jenny. But Sparks. I don't want to Jenny yeah. Sparks. <laughs> yeah, I will not leave this alone. I'll be honest with you. I don't remember anybody else that was on that team because oh, I haven't you looked at that book in 10 years. Yes. Go back. 
on the new 52 story oh, watch i mean specifically yeah, that i think um uh yeah yeah i'm trying to think who else was there um it'll come to me in a in a minute but yeah um so even the cover of the first issue just had martian manager apollo and midnighter that was it if i remember yeah i think i have the i want to say i think jack hawksmore was also on the team and uh and a version of engineer oh it might have it might have been a different version of the engineer i don't know but yeah Uh, and she mentioned Jack Hawksmore. I think he might be right. I think he was on that version. Can get a live action Jack Hawksmore mm-hmm. though. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm down for that too. <laughs> oh yeah. I don't know the sky is almost the limit when it comes to the authority. Yeah. I'm I'm excited to see what they do with that. Yeah. There's a lot of excitement basically down the road if you're a DC fan. A lot of stuff to look forward to, uh, and as they say online. We're eating well. We're eating good now. Hell yeah! It's gonna be the a one good thing decade. He, he, I'm curious is peacekeeper peacemaker coming back. You keep because I don't see any mention of that anywhere. Not yet. This is just the the yeah. first part, right? This isn't the full ten years, and and even ends with this is the first part of chapter one. Yeah. So there's there's a lot more to come. It might not even be this might not even be in sequential order. Or release order, rather. They could be, like, picking things out at random, so. Yep. It could be we get Swamp Thing in, like, 2031. Shut your face. (laughs) I'll have kids by then. (laughs) That's just mean. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was supposed hey, to have Brandon, Green Lantern. Hey, Brandon, you're coming to watch some body horror. Oh my god! Yeah, no, I'm if if it is a oh, a yeah. body horror movie, I'm definitely not bringing my child to watch that. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I'll make sure they watch Creature Commandos. It'll there it'll you, be like uh, and Thundercats. <clears throat> Okay, so with that, I think it's time to get into some books. Let's do it. And if uh, we want to start off with our only honorable mention this week, Josh, you want to tell us what it is? Uh, I absolutely do. It's uh, Harley Quinn Romances, uh, a book I ended up giving a 7 out of 10 to. Some relationship stuff sprinkled across eight stories by a huge number of creatives that I will not list because... It's a typical anthology that we are not covering. Um, Little stories, some good, some cute, some you didn't expect. They were all pretty decently enjoyable. Uh, Nothing too muchy, just some okay Valentine's Day reading. Uh, It's an unimportant anthology. It was fun to read if you have the extra cash, but by no means should anyone feel like they need to run out and get this. Not, not, Not shitting on it, but I mean, you know, it's... This has got to be your cup of tea to go out and drop that cash. Yeah, it it's a holiday book, as I've been saying a lot today. Yeah. you can't expect much anymore out of holiday no. books. That's just my opinion on. It. Might yeah, be enjoyable, sure. might be horrible. Who knows? <laughs> a little bit of both. Yeah, it's a gamble. All right, so with that, we're going to get into, and and I should have prefaced this. I meant to mention this at the beginning of the episode. Our format will be a little bit different 
today where we are not going to have a clear-cut quick bites uh, spotlight and so on and so forth because there are so few books this week and the books we do have have so many stories involved we are going to have basically one full dive section with batman legends of gotham that brandon is going to tell us about in a minute and then the three compilation books we have with dc power lazarus planet and one minute war special will be kind of an open forum discussion between mm-hmm. the three of us with scores at the end but as i mentioned starting off is batman legends of gotham the one shot number one out today yesterday sometime yeah. this week and brandon's gonna tell us about it's that. my pleasure yeah no this is batman legends of gotham written by andy diggle with art from carl mostert and colors from romulo fajardo jr um I don't know how much you guys know about Andy Diggle, um, but for those who may have been under unaware, um, he's probably most well known for his work on a book called The Losers uh, at Vertigo, I think around 2006 mm-hmm. or so, which is important to keep in the back of your mind, especially if you've read The Losers, because, uh, well, I guess I'll get into that later. Um, but the point is... Now that you've reminded me yeah, that he wrote yeah, that, because then, yeah, this is it was, it was very much on my mind as I was reading this, um, especially in some of the scenes. But the basic gist of it is Jason Todd returns to the Batcave looking for information, which is not clear what exactly that is at the time, but is intercepted by Black Lightning, who is questioning what exactly Jason is doing there. Katana joins them shortly after, and they're, you know, basically. doing there is randomly Batcave where he explains that he's there after the information that was stolen from the Batcave by Leviathan when all the secret organizations went under uh, during the event Leviathan madness bonanza that we all loved reading. Uh, But the Batcave computer has basically been working on tracking down this information (laughs) the entire time and they have located it and tracked it to a broker in... um, Gamora Island by the name of Myriad, who is auctioning off all this information to the various criminal elements around the world. So Red Hood, Black Lightning, and Katana decide to go on a fun little road trip over to Gamora Island because where else would you go on a road trip? Uh, And are hunting after uh, Myriad to find out exactly who is behind, you know, the mysterious theft of this information and um, where it's being sold. Um... So they make their way to the auction. Red Hood is basically going undercover, acting as the villain uh, at the center of this so he can gain access to it, um, where he runs into an old friend slash enemy, none other than Waylon Jones, a.k.a. Killer Croc, who is still pretty pissed at Hood for ruining his operation in the hill. Natural, I suppose. Um, But before they can really duke it out, they're stopped by the owners of the auction who are basically saying, you know, don't do this outside. We need to kind of keep this all contained and try and keep a little bit of decorum. Uh, but Croc isn't having that and demands that uh, Hood come in with him because he's going to have his pound of flesh after the auction is all over. But the auction begins and seems to go off mostly without a hitch. You have some of the usual characters there, Mercy Graves, Bane, condiment king you know everyone you would expect to see Uh, at an auction like this um they make their various bids until bane (laughs) makes what i would say is the most powerful bid basically saying that 
I'm going to put up the most in anyone who challenges me, uh, particularly Mercy Graves, who is kind of proven to be the fiercest competitor, um, will basically not walk away with their life if they try and outbid me. Um, so the auction goes to Bane. Jason is quick on his feet and chasing after him, but unfortunately he is caught uh, before he can make any decisive moves. He fires off a round at Bane, but unfortunately it's stopped by the bullet bulletproof glass, excuse me, and Jason is forced to flee from the rest of the guards uh, that were working at the auction before Katana and Black Lightning show up and pull his ass out of the fire. Black Lightning is scolding Jason over his impulsive actions before he reveals that, Jason reveals rather, that the bullet that he fired off at Bane was actually a tracking bullet and sort of forces old Jeff Pierce to swallow a little bit of humble pie. But thankfully in doing so, they are able to trace Bane and also by proxy trace the signal of the information that Myriad was planning to give uh, to its original source, which is a crypto bank orbiting space. They make their way to that location, but unfortunately the resistance they run into is not just the standard robot guards, but actually the AI computer that is governing the entire ship, uh, which has quickly been evolving and basically decides to self-destruct in order to make sure that its secrets are preserved. But thankfully, Jason is able to get all of the information that Myriad had been hoarding onto a quantum drive um, and basically gets away with that, um, but uh, is running from the rest of the, uh, the outsiders from Black Lightning and Katana. Um, they think that he's betrayed him and Katana goes after him, only to realize that Jason didn't really care about the data cache at all. All of this was basically just a ruse so that he could get his revenge on Bane. But thankfully, Katana is able to talk him out of any bloodthirsty action. Uh, they return to their normal lives. Jason meets up with Killer Croc and uh, reveals a, a rather embarrassing secret about his personal life that was part of the uh, data cache, but will now be preserved. And it turns out that the person that Jason had saved in the madness in the satellite who had escaped um, from the Myriad satellite was actually a secret agent for Talia al Ghul and has now recovered this information and is giving it back to her hands. Only it contains more information than she had previously had when she was running Leviathan, and the games are only just beginning. Um, I had pretty, uh, a pretty, pretty good time with this one, I have to say. It was, uh, it was fun, but the reason I, I brought up Andy Diggle and The Losers a little bit earlier was because as I was reading this, it just something about the dialogue and the characters felt very much losers. It felt very loser esque, which lends itself to be a little off. I don't know if you guys got that feeling as well, but sometimes it was fine, and then sometimes it just felt a little strange. Um, but aside from that, pretty fun romp, pretty fun adventure. Um, looking forward. Oh. It appears we've lost Josh. Um, oh, he's back. Hello? Uh-oh. Hello? 
Oh. Well, that's not. Can you guys good. hear me? Okay. I can hear you. Yeah. Josh. Hello. Oh, oh, keep going. Um, Got yeah, it. no, just a, a pretty fun romp, and uh, it'll be interesting to see if this uh, story gets continued later on down the line. Um, but yeah, no, I had, I had a pretty good time with it. The art is okay. It has some good moments. It's, I would say, it's very Frank Quitely inspired. Um, something about the way that he draws this face is just felt very much like a, kind of a Frank Quitely inspired uh, artist, but. It worked in some places and didn't work quite as well in others, um, so it's it's mostly okay. But aside from that, pretty fun romp, and it'll be interesting to see um, where this might continue uh, down the line. So I gave this a 7.5 out of 10. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, I love that they brought back incredibly smart Bane. He has been missing for mm -hmm. a while. That was pretty cool. Um, I thought most of the art was damn good. There were some pages, some panels that I wasn't super fond of. Um, the story was a little... Uh... Okay, so I saw Leviathan. I read Leviathan and immediately suffered from a, a, a very hard eye roll. Um, maybe even no, more Spiral was a different agency. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, ultimately, while the story was kind of eh, um, the ending makes me wonder who the hell that big daddy is. It sets up what could be a whole lot of almost like a almost like a Tower of Babel by a bad guy, which doesn't sound like a fun time uh, for the good guys I mean, anyway. Sounds like it might be pretty. Sort of what Tower of Babel was. It was Rachel Ghoul getting access to <laughs> all the secrets of the Justice League, basically. Except this time it might just be with Talia. Yeah. Uh, yeah, potentially, huh? And it wouldn't 100% be Batman's fault because there's other organizations on exactly. that drive, too. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. Different. I consider Tower of Babel to be Batman's fault. He's oh, almost definitely. the villain in that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it could be really good, could be a really fun time, or could also be kind of dumb. Um, if I'm being honest, though, uh, Leviathan is best left in the dirt. But uh, I, I gave this a 7.75 out of 10. It was still a pretty damn good read, and it flew by considering how many pages were in it. Yeah, I, I can agree. It, it definitely did not feel like the... I don't remember the page count. I think it was like 48 mm -hmm. or something, but it definitely felt like, like a, a smaller issue than that. I loved it. I thought it was really, really cool to see. Uh, it feels weird calling just the, the two of them the Outsiders, but the Outsiders yeah. and Red Hood right. working together. The Outsiders and the Outlaws, you know. Uh, yeah. Has their plane always been called the Outsider? And no. I don't feel like it has. I feel like that's I, I brand new. I think that's a brand new yeah, plane. I don't even really remember them having <laughs> really yeah. rounded edges. I mean, I'm sure they've had them in the past, yeah. but they usually just use one of the various bad planes. I think even the last time the Outsiders uh, uh, series was put out, I, I for some reason remember them traveling by train. Yeah. Could have been. 
Are you going to private yeah. chat? Perhaps. Yeah. Oh, well, that was in the past, anyway. Um, a lot of fun. Really enjoyed it. I really like the art style. Uh, a nice little espionage thriller, you could say, with all the James Bond twists and turns you'd come to expect from a story of that caliber. Plus, I don't know if you guys got the vibe, but uh, I'm blanking on the bank's name, but there was the D-bit system. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you guys get a GLaDOS slash Aperture Laboratories vibe? A little bit, that? yeah. Because yeah, I did. Definitely with the um, yeah, with their that suits. whole, like, yeah. firing. Oh, yeah. And when, when they fired all the employees, yeah. you, your contracts have now yeah. been terminated. You are now all <laughs> trespassing. You are about to be vaporized. What the... All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely GLaDOS. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Not very polite, if you ask me. Oh, hell no. No. <laughs> the the Talia twist at the end, I thought, was a nice touch. I, I'll admit I didn't see that coming, but sets up a lot of stuff for Talia in the future, so I'm really excited about that. Uh... Uh, I, I think I'll give this a like a eight point five, I think is a good score there. Yeah, I really enjoyed this one. I I went into it expecting nothing, so <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised by the end. Yeah, I don't think any of us knew what we were getting in any of these books, to be honest. Yeah, with the exception of the Harley Quinn one, we knew. Yeah, what that well, was. I had a rough idea just yeah. based on the creative yeah. team, but you know, it was nice to see how they delivered. See, I'd read the losers, but I didn't. I didn't put Andy Diggle mm. with it, so yeah. I didn't get that little bit of foreshadowing. Yeah. No, that was just. That was on but my I, mind. I enjoyed it nonetheless. Definitely has a the losers yeah. vibe to it. Yeah, which is funny because one of the, all right with the that. Males, never mind. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was oh, just go gonna ahead, say man. one of the oh, one of the ahead, main villains I think of that series is also kind of like a very sort of smart well-spoken character and it sounded just like bane in this which i thought was pretty funny Um, (laughs) that's awesome well good smart bane needs to stick around we don't need yeah no no smart bane's uh very suave i Mm -hmm. like it and he's just it's he's it's just a better character when he's written that way yeah yeah I hope for more from these characters mm-hmm. with Andy Diggle. Get this team Definitely. going. I like it. All right. And with that, we are going to take a quick commercial break before we get into our uh, other books for the week. Stay tuned. And we're back. Thanks for sticking with Not a Robot. I'm not even going to say it. Hmm. You know what I'm going to say. We know. Because you're, you're psychic. That's right. I said it. <laughs> I'm beaming my thoughts to you through the airwaves. It is because you didn't make the sound. You got to go. You are from. What is it? What's her name? Oh, that's South Park episode. I'm such an idiot. I was. I was literally. This is like a. This is like a. What number do you dial for nine one one? Moment. I was like. I was like, "What planet?" <laughs> I, was, I was like, "I was like, I was trying to think of um, Saturn Girl because she's a psychic from the DC and from the Legion of Superheroes." And I was like, "I was like, what planet is Saturn Girl from?" I was like, "You idiot! Of course she's Saturn Girl. It's literally in the fucking name." 
<laughs> oh man, oh. Legion of Superheroes. And I, I was gonna say you're uh, you're Actually, one of her race from Saturn. You can read minds. Yeah. Saturnian. Um, I don't know. Speaking of which, speaking of which, the new Legion of yeah. Superheroes movie just came out. I haven't gotten a chance to watch oh. it, but I will sure, watch it before the end of the week. Yeah, it looks really good. But I, I got my movie going time saved for Black Panther Wakanda Forever because I did not get to see it in theaters and it finally came to Disney Plus. <laughs> so um, uh, that's that's my movie this weekend. Oh, I'm watching that too. For sure. I couldn't get out to the theater. I've been waiting. I've yeah. been waiting. Yeah, I don't, I don't like waiting, but I was good. It was. Yeah. All right. So our next book of the week is DC Power: A Celebration. And if there is more to that title, I am not entirely <laughs> sure. I feel like there's supposed to be more, but I don't think there is. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Uh, just no, DC, DC Power: Power a Celebration. A celebration. Uh, very, very good anthology from what I've read so far. I have not personally had a chance to finish it because work has kept me super busy. Uh, we have inventory tomorrow. Yippee! Mm. But Woo-hoo. I know my cohorts here, Josh and Brandon, have had their hands on it in full, so they are going to take over from here. Yeah, uh, the first story is called Black Paradise. It's written by Evan Narcisse with uh, Daryl Banks on the art and Hi-Fi on the colors, man. It's a it's a super, super duper fast one. It's about Amazing Man. Uh, Amazing Man can turn into anything that he touches. Sets set way back in the 50s it's a standalone story um it touches on racism it doesn't do it with a light finger and um i thought it was really fun man a stellar yeah. read yeah no amazing but, man is know, one of those not not one for the record books but yeah, fun no, amazing man was one of those characters from i believe it's yeah no all-star squadron because they mentioned it at the beginning um that kind of got touched okay. on in the 80s run with uh, roy thomas but um, definitely a character that could be explored more. So it was really interesting to see that he was kind of one of the lead stories in this anthology. And I was, uh, was very refreshed to see that. And I thought it was a really solid, uh, definitely important, um, but a really solid story that just kind of touched on the history of heroism in that era um, and uh, kind of delving into some of the nastier parts of that, which I thought was uh, really well done. Yeah. As did I. That that is the the one story so far I've had a chance mm-hmm. to read. Uh, while not complete, I, I may be a couple of pages off. And Amazing Man does seem very familiar to me. Like I've read things in the past twenty years with him in it, uh, but I do know that the history of the character. Very good history there. Um, really a classic character. That I wish they yeah. did more. Yeah, with. no, you've probably seen him in and around the DC universe and various different roles but um yeah yeah if you read that that all-star squadron book you'll see him pop up definitely a few times oh yeah for sure for sure um the second one titled separate but equal featuring black lightning thunder and lightning was written by Lamont McGee. Uh, Chris Cross did the art with, uh, well, pencils. Juan Castro did the inks, and Will Quintana was the colorist on that one. 
Um, this one was a little denser, but not by much. Uh, Jefferson's at a school board meeting defending the notion against the notion that schools should be segregated, uh, normies versus metas. Um, they want to protect the mudbloods, I guess. Uh, you know, he points out that it's a bad idea for obvious reasons. Uh, and then some men show up posing as metas, trying to further... Uh, uh, further separate uh, normies from meta people and uh, black lightning turns into black lightning, lightning, thunder and lightning who I really think lightning needs a new name. Uh, they show up, they save the day, but Jefferson's fight for equality is far from over. It uh, sounds pretty goddamn familiar to me. It's a hell of a story and the art is fantastic. Uh, for me, it was one of the best stories in this book. It really was. You did you get into that one, Brandon, at all? Did you get into that one at all, Brandon? Sorry, yeah, sorry, you're cutting out like crazy, but I assume you're talking about the Black Lightning story. Yes, got a chance to read that one. Also yeah. really enjoyed it. Hoping that maybe Black Lightning is one of the characters that gets a Dawn of the DCU book, because I think now that a lot oh, more stuff is awesome. in continuity, um, particularly his his daughters Anissa and Jennifer, Thunder and Lightning. Um, it would be interesting to see, you know, what kind of stories they could do with all of them because I feel like they didn't really get a chance to do that in the past. Um, yeah, we're here. Uh, I think your Wi-Fi signal is a little bad, uh, but um, I do too. I just I hope that Lightning gets a different uh, different code name soon because Black Lightning and then Lightning just I don't know. I feel like there could be more there. But anyway, um, the next story is a little different. It's entitled The Queen, The Bee, and The Symphony. And it was written by Stephanie Williams with art from Alita, uh, excuse me, um, pencils from Alita Martinez. And um, Mark Morales was the inker with Alan Guamaris on colors. And uh, Brandon just dropped out. Hopefully he's able to come back there um it's it's queen newbie and bumblebee in their civvies going dress shopping so they can go to a uh, classic musical performance um by uh bumblebee's husband who i've never seen before or at least not not uh, at least i don't remember it at all but anyway uh monsieur mala shows up kidnaps the performers of the concert and uh does it because he forgot to buy brain tickets to go to the concert. Um, it ends up with Nubia playing the harp at the concert. And, uh, and that's, that's the whole story going from dress shopping, uh, dress shopping to uh, a concert to stolen performers. And then Monsieur Mala feeling like uh, he needs to make up for his flubber at Ticketmaster. Uh, not, not bad. It's certainly not the, the greatest story in here. Um, it actually, it actually is the one that I would have considered the least good. Um, but it, it was okay. It was weird and unnecessary, but it did have some pretty fantastic art. Yeah. I liked seeing the, uh, the team up between Karen and Nubia, but I, I agree that the, the kind of story right. for it was very silly, um, which, you know, it's, it's fine. Like, yeah. really, they're the highlight, so the story is kind of 
superfluous, but um, yeah, no, it is a little silly, and I will admit it's probably one of the weaker ones, but honestly, my favorite part was just the the pinup that they had, the kind of uh, DC who's who spoof. Oh, um, man. Because I really liked the the way they drew Nubia for there. It just looked really good. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it did. Robin Smith did uh, that. No, this was actually Clayton Henry. Yeah, no, it's oh, was really it good, really? Though. Interesting. I could have swore the pinups were by mm-hmm. different people. Anyway, the the next one is keeping the peace. Uh, Green Lantern and Green Lantern, John Stewart and Kelly make an appearance in this one, and it's super super simple. It's an anti-bully story where John and Kelly stop two warring groups from bullying each other. By bullying them, that's my kind of kind of tactic. Takes me way back to high school. Um, though I am, I'm just, I don't know what is it, what it is with John Stewart books, man. But I just can't dig the art. I just can't get into it. Not not a bad story, not horrible art. Just definitely not my favorite kind by any stretch. Um, it was kind of cool to see an anti-bully story thrown Mm -hmm. in here though uh especially including kelly who i feel uh after (laughs) honestly after getting discovered with her green lantern gauntlet gauntlet she's 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 experienced quite a bit of bullying from the lanterns Mm -hmm. herself not exactly had the greatest time i would say Uh, we got the next one up is Own Your Name, written by Dorado Quick and Jordan Clark. Artist is Clayton Henry with Marcelo Mialo on colors. And it's a really simple story about overcoming doubt and accepting all the parts of yourself. Um, all while, and uh, Cyborg goes through this all while fighting Livewire, trying to talk some sense into her and saying he understands where she's coming from. It's, it's real quick, it's simple. Um, I, it, it's a good story. It really is. Uh, I don't like the art at all, which is too oh, bad. Wait, I think you might be talking uh, about the, the, the Booyah oh. story. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh. I'm, I'm on Booyah. My bad. <laughs> I jumped my mistake, but, um, yeah, the art wasn't my cup of tea. It wasn't too bad. The colors worked for the art, but it just, it mm-hmm. just wasn't there for me. Yeah, my bad. I'll That's go back fine. to the previous um, story right after. But this I like I like the writing for this one, and I like the idea of the story of yeah. you know Cyborg kind of going back to Detroit and back to his roots and connecting with his family. Um, one of the kind of funnier parts, the later part of the New Teen Titans run, is when Cyborg's grandparents show up, and they're just very energetic and definitely not. Uh, not what you would expect from from his grandparents, um, and uh, I'm hoping they kind of you know dig more not into with, the weirder not parts with his of his dad. family and <laughs> just uh, make it sort of a, a more grounded um, family story like this was. Yeah, like he needs a crazy yeah, cat yeah. lady aunt. That would be awesome. Exactly. <laughs> For sure. All right. The story that I skipped over was Own Your Name. It features uh, Aquaman, uh, Jackson Hyde Aquaman, and Kid Flash. It was, uh, oh, I gave the wrong creative team. 
This creative team is Dorito Quick and Jordan Clark, Clayton Henry, and Marcelo Mialo. Uh, Booyah was written by Morgan Hampton, Valentine D. Landro, and Marissa Louise. Um, but back to Own Your Name. Uh, so Wallace is making an appearance at this public rally, rally and he's got some insecurities because he's not the Flash that they were hoping to see. Uh, the Thinker is there. And he pushes a whole lot of doubt and rage into Wallace. Jackson shows up. Wallace attacks him. And uh, Jackson is able to talk some sense into him. The, th the thinker shows up again, talks smack, and then disappears. Uh, later on, Wallace gets asked for an autograph. And then that, that, that makes him feel a little good. But there was this one was kind of all about insecurities and not feeling like you measure up to the... Uh, to what to what people are expecting or what people want, and um, it it was it was a damn good story, and I feel like a lot of people could relate to this one for a numerous amount of reasons. Uh, I I thought it was great. Uh, the art in this one is freaking gorgeous, and. <laughs> I do like the fact that Aquaman, this that this Aquaman Flash pairing, doesn't really dislike each other like their forebears do. You know, they uh, Flash and Aquaman are are not exactly the best of friends. Uh, that we've seen most recently in Void Song, which was a hell of a one hell of a uh, a story, one hell of an arc. I I like that. That was good. Uh, anybody else check oh, that yes, one out? Oh, yes, yeah. Brandon? Yeah, I, know no, I did check this one out. Um, pretty solid. Um, I think a, a good mm -hmm, uh, sure story for Wallace, just kind of trying to find his own place. Although, there's one thing that they never really touch on, which was like mentioned ever so briefly in uh, Williamson's Flash run, something that I, I thought was a really interesting idea, but it was only like kind of mentioned and then never brought up again and it was this idea that basically wallace existed as an accident of the flashpoint like he didn't previously exist but then after the flashpoint he was sort of brought into continuity and he was basically aware of that idea and he was actually really upset at barry he's like the only reason i exist in this universe is because you screwed up the timeline and i was like that's a horrible thing to realize about yourself but you know it could have actually proved for a really interesting arc and I was hoping they might mention something like that here when he's really digging into his own insecurities but they they didn't really um and I've always hoped they could do something with that but aside from that a solid story and it made me laugh when this like weird trippy um version of Jake Garrick is like who are you again <laughs> doesn't matter you're all copies of me all right just made me laugh. <laughs> yeah yeah um, right yeah <laughs> Oh, I almost forgot about that. Yeah. That part was great. That 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 part was funny. All the rest yeah. of them were just being yeah, mean. That one made that, me laugh. That one, that one gave right. me a chuckle, man. Everyone else is a copy of you, Jay. You're the original. <laughs> They're all copies of you. Even if you were created yes. from heavy water. <laughs> all right. So uh, the next story in DC Powers, a celebration, is Vixen and Back wing um that's the title and it is featuring you guessed it vixen and batwing um 
another real quick one, but I got to ask a question first because I, I feel like this is going to be a super dumb question, but I, I've been racking my brain. I didn't get on Google, but I've been racking my brain trying to figure out who the hell King Arno is. Help me out here, Brandon. Is this a new character? Is this somebody that's... Uh, no, I think that's a, a new character, or at least one I'm not familiar with. Okay, good. Well, uh, so Vixen and Batwing are on King Arno's ship doing security detail when it gets attacked by Black Manta. Um, they drive him off and then fly up and make out in the sky. A uh, straight-up copy of Superman and Lois, but I I just don't mind. And uh, I liked the art. I like that Black Manta mentions that he's trying to change. Kind of, I, I believe the phrase he uses is, uh, I'm trying to rebrand. Um, though we don't know why a good Black Manta would want to be out here killing whoever this King Arno is. But it does look like we will be finding out soon enough. I thought this one was really good uh the art in a batwing and in a vixen story are usually really good and this is this is no different uh however and maybe i'm missing this i have not read any of the vixen nyc i've not i've not even so much as Click the mouse button to be able to check that out. And I feel like after reading this, because I, I dug Vixen from the animated, from uh, as a character, and that was pretty cool. But uh, I didn't see Vixen and Batwing being uh, no, a DC couple. No, nor should they be. No, I can't unsee it. That's all right. No, because... You don't think so? You're not, if you're, not a fan if you're going to have any pairing Vixen with Vixen, Batwing. it's got to be Bronze Tiger. They were like the classic pairing in Suicide Squad, but... Now I guess she's she's over poor uh, poor Bronze Tiger and uh, really it's a tragedy. You see, and here I was here I was Wait, thinking you were gonna say no, Vixen no. and Gar. Hold the phone. What about the classic pairing well, they, of Vixen and John Stewart from Justice League? Uh, yeah, I guess the animated version. But if we're if we're talking the comics, then yeah, it's. It's Bronze Tiger and Vixen. Or at least they have history. They have romantic history. Yeah. I mean, history, sure. I, I, I just don't see them as a a good pair. You know? A hero and a villain. Oh, my God. What a concept. A power couple. Oh, where, where, where oh, have we yeah, seen that before? A hero and a villain? It can't be. <laughs> you ever picked no up a way. fucking Batman book? No. <laughs> a hero would never fall for a villain. <laughs> And God forbid that hero ever have a child with a villain. Oh, God. <laughs> there are literally like three people oh, you yeah. could name Speaking that have done of... that. That's not even specific to anyone. <laughs> nope. But, uh, and it's su- but such a taboo of... for a hero to perform any kind of oral stimulation. Oh, my God. Yes, on a no, that's as well. That we, don't, we don't like that. Meow. <laughs> or at least the censors don't seem to but uh talking about uh talking about um some kitty treats we are gonna move on to batman and that one was uh it's it's entitled the calvary and of course it is written by uh john ridley with art from olivier copai i can never Coppel. remember how to say his last name but I have read it. He's French. Um, yeah. 
It's oh, is it? Yeah. Is it Coppel? Okay. Well, see, I thought it was French, and that makes me think that the L mm. should be like a Y. Um, yeah. Like Les Miserables. It should either be like silent or. But in any case, uh, this is just a reprint from Batman number or from uh, Batman Black and White number three. It was. It's only from last year. It's a. It's a really good story. It's a great art. Um, it's such, the art is, it's, it's such a great job because it's just line work. Um, but it's, it's all like it was just back then. And if I'm being honest, I don't see why this wasn't a quick original story rather than a reprint. I, I, I just feel like that offering was really weak just to get Batman into this book and a disservice to Batman. Uh, Jace, Jace should have had uh, something in here and it could have just been some side stuff dealing with his family um, it's not like Intimate has, has been pushed away in this whatsoever so uh, th- I mean that could that could have been something and I, I feel let down that it wasn't yeah I mean I think we already talked about this story so I don't know that I have anything new to add um but yeah yeah I mean you know and that's solid, that's my problem I with guess it. <laughs> um, which I think goes for the next story as well because it's also literally just a reprint which I was very disappointed by yep basically um it's a reprint of the far sector preview. I guess trying to get people back into Far Sector or uh, maybe call it up on Joe Moline, but it was written by N.K. Jemison and Jamal Campbell on art. Again, um, this is this is another book that I strongly suggest you go read. It is a brand new take on uh, on what a Green Lantern is and what it could be. I I really dig it. Uh, the art is is phenomenal. I love the whole series, so you guys need to go check it out. Um, the reprint of this, and that again, um, no soapbox here, but uh, I feel like this particular story is uh, perfectly timed with the current events of today and the disgusting events around the death of Tyree Nichols. Um, this was this the the. The inclusion here, I could see if it was thrown in at the last minute. It wasn't, but it still fits really good. And um, that that is the book, man. Um, like like Brandon said, it is a reprint, so I imagine Brandon, as usual, doesn't have a whole lot to offer about it. But uh, what did you, you got? Anything positive? Tell me that you enjoy the Far Sector. Oh no, I love it. That's why I was so disappointed. I thought it was just going to be a wholly new Far Sector story, and I was like, great, we have another you know, um, another chapter written by the original creative team because I, I feel like if anyone has Joe's voice down, it's N.K. Jemison, but it's just, yeah it's, oh, it's, yeah, it's just a reprint of the fifth issue, which is just like, okay. I mean, I guess if you haven't read this series, that's great, but, like, I would so much have, I would so much rather preferred just an entirely original story. You and me both. Yeah, I can perfectly agree time, but we, we had space. an original uh, Far Sector story in last yeah. year's DC Pride, which mm-hmm. was was a which was a noir style as well. It was all in black and white until the end, which was fantastic, and it was it was set on 
Uh, I don't remember the, the name of the planet that Joe was on, but it was set yeah. on that world too. Yeah. So it would have been a great inclusion here, but uh, I don't know. At least they stuck to basically just yeah. her origin story, which was good. <laughs> don't go yeah, too that's deep into th- giving away the story. Yeah, I think that's why they 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 pushed this particular one out was to say, hey. Joe is going to be a big, big part of going forward. So why don't you go check out the 12 issues that we did before? And again, I strongly recommend it. That shit was, oh, I oh it's so too. cool. Such, so cool. A whole new, brand new way of, uh, of being a Green Lantern. Yep. Love it. And, and for the record, when it comes to Green Lantern books that came out around the time of the pandemic, that is the best one, if not the <laughs> only one. <laughs> and Rob yes, has. No, I, I, I know. I know the slight that you were. I know the slight that I, you were I, making. We're not going to get into that, but um, yeah. I will just say I'm not the only. I, I know. Fan that says I remember. I like oh, literally sure. people would get into arguments about this stuff. It's oh, funny. Yeah. I actually, <laughs> actually, my advisor of of all people was it turned out to be like a huge comic fan, and he mentioned that he was reading Far Sector, and I was like, "Oh, that's so cool! Yeah, I really love how they're you know putting out Far Sector right now because it's such a great juxtaposition with the Green Lantern, which is also doing its own thing that I love." <laughs> he like flashed me this look, and he was just like, "Oh yeah, I'm not reading that." And I was like, "Oh, why not?" He's like, "Oh, I just don't like it, and it just crushed me inside." So, yeah, I know, I know what you're, I know <laughs> no, what you're referencing. Oh man, Rob so I wasn't, was think, I wasn't thinking about Morrison. I was thinking about oh, Jeffrey God. Thorne's run, but I, I forgot that Morrison's yeah. run was around at the same time. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. It still counts though. <laughs> I'm not oh, the hey, only no, to be fair, Rob, you. You just yeah. made the decision that you were going to go back and reread uh, season one and two. Yeah, I, I'll I can't wait. Season, I can't wait for I'll, you to do it. So, so I'll pre. I'll, I'll say it like I'm going to go back and finish season one and two, <laughs> where there was yeah. a couple of issues in season one I didn't read, and season two I gave <laughs> up two issues in. So I'm, I'm I read the last one just to figure out what the hell happened by the end, uh, but I'm going to read the whole thing and pass judgment. I did read Black Stars too, which I thought was interesting. Uh, but that that's yeah. for another time. I'm not gonna get into it right now. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so with that we are now I gave it an eight point seven five by the way. Oh right. Scores. Scores. I went through and I graded them all individually because you know I'm a dork. And then I uh Averaged it all out, and I rounded it up because I'll be damned, man. Most of the art, most of the stories in here were fantastic, even with the two reprints. So I dug it. 8.75 out of 10 for me. I did not score them, really. Um, But I I guess if I had to give it a whole score, it'd probably be like an 8 out of 10 or so. Right on. Right on. All right. All right. So with that, we are now on to our next uh, compilation book, anthology title. I keep forgetting the damn word. Uh, It is Lazarus Planet Legends Reborn number one. And our first story is Masks and Monsters about Renee Montoya. As the question, it's written by Alex Segura with art from Clayton Henry, colors from Marcelo Maiolo, and letters from Pat Brousseau. 
Uh, simply put, with the rains coming down on Gotham and all over the world, uh, Renee Montoya has her hands full at the GCPD with uh, her cops <laughs> in constant danger. Gotham but they're is detectives. being flooded by green rain, but she yeah. don't give a oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> she don't give two shits do. about it. <laughs> uh, two, two of her detectives are on the case looking for a serial killer, but he's seemingly disappeared. And uh, Mary Nakano all of a sudden calls her to City Hall, which she never actually gets to. No, she, she doesn't She's like make fuck it. that guy. Let him simmer. I believe is the word she says. Yeah, and I, I, just, I really want to know. It's probably just going to be something simple like, "What are you going to do about this rain?" Huh? Yeah, and right. I just like I just I still want to see it happen because I want to know what the hell he has to say. <laughs> right. I haven't seen Miranakano in a minute. It's been a bit. Or his wife. And, yeah. Who, by all means, uh, the last time we saw them. In a book, if I'm not mistaken, the last time we saw them in a book was when uh, Mrs. Nakano, I can't remember what her first name is, of course, but when Mrs. Nakano ended up with Psycho Pirate's mask. Yeah, which was a really interesting way to mm-hmm. end that story, so I don't know. Right? And now we're all just sitting twiddling our thumbs because it's been like, it, it's been well over a year, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, we've seen him sporadically, but not his wife for sure. I think it's been mm-hmm. since the tower. So weird. Yeah. And hopefully more from them soon. Because uh, when it comes to side characters in the Bat world that are not superheroes, they're pretty mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, I must admit, I liked Mary Nakano. Uh, yeah, but Renee has her hands full. Uh, she decides to, while on the way to City Hall... Uh, answer a call out to a crime scene where she meets the same detectives and another body has been found. This one torn to pieces by what seems to be some kind of animal, if not as described as a monster or a demon. So Renee gets home, puts on her question costume and heads out into the world to find out what she can find. Heading to Elroy, who is our serial killer, his apartment, finds some keys to a storage locker, heads to the storage locker, preparing for the worst but finds some kids uh, teenagers tied up but before she can get them completely loose elroy now changed by the lazarus reigns into a giant beast of a man shows up almost beats her unconscious but she is saved by one of the teenagers who electrocutes elroy and then she gets the detectives on the line uh anonymously of course because she cannot give her of way course. her identity as the question <laughs> And they come and arrest Elroy, where everything is fine. That's yeah. hilarious. So she to goes speak, to that storage just, locker. As, as I said that, it's like the city's on fire and everything. And she's like, this is fine. <laughs> yeah, everything's good now. City's on yeah. fire. We got green fucking rain. But I mean, you know, people are turning into one monsters, case closed. Nope. Good exactly. day, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it, I, yeah. I couldn't help. Good job. I love the detectives. <laughs> right. I couldn't help but love the fact that what she went to the storage locker to get was a cattle prod taser. <laughs> <laughs> that's how the kid electro. That's how the kid electrocutes a monster serial killer later. But yeah, yeah I mean, I of mean, all the weapons to take with you, you get a cattle prod. I mean, what? <laughs> you, you use what you get. <laughs> I mean, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you take it as they come. 
Oh man, uh, that was a fun one. I liked it. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. It was it was okay considering all the weird shit that was going in about it. It was it was fun. Yeah. I'm just down for no, more Renee Montoya. That's the yeah. question. I really am. I want I, I want Renee Montoya to have uh maybe six issues is a little too long, but three or four issues where she goes up against the answer. Ugh. That's a real character, by the way. Yeah. That's a little too much. <laughs> I think I yeah. prefer the Riddler. <laughs> It's right there. It's perfect comic book shit. Yeah, it Come on. is, but yeah. Uh. <laughs> How about a, a four or six issue series oh, where man. Renee goes to Hub City, which is Vic Sage's old stomping grounds, and sort of has Ooh. to try and navigate the new crime scene there? That I would definitely check out. Yeah, I'm down for that. Hub City, haven't yeah. seen that in a long time. I think she's kind of stuck in Gotham. Ah, she can get in a transfer. Yeah, realistically, yeah. Something like that. Hub City's such a terrible <laughs> place. I'm sure she's in a transfer to Hub City. <laughs> Fuck you, Gotham. Exactly. I'm going to Hub City. <laughs> I've had enough of yeah. you in your green rain. Yeah. It's just like Gotham, yeah. but without all the clowns. Yeah. <laughs> just, just slightly yeah. less smoggy. Yet somehow more corrupt. Yeah. A little yeah. bit less pollution. Somehow. Yeah. It's because they can Maybe. see more. Well, because their mayor's a filthy <laughs> yeah. drunk. This is just going to be a review of the question series from the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> Supposition. Yeah. It's okay. So, <laughs> I, as I was reading it, I was thinking to Renee's origin as the question. And Renee uh, has been a longtime character now, starting in mm-hmm. BTOS as just a regular beat cop and then eventually detective and then made her way to the comics as a, a Gotham detective. I think her comic debut was a Gotham Central, if I'm not mistaken. No, saying. it was actually way earlier uh, in the um could have been, oh, in the like mid... Oh, was it, yeah? No, 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 earlier than that. It was like um was it? Yeah, was it was it like mid nineties, I think, and I'm pretty sure it was Chuck yeah. Dixon or Doug Mensch. Who sort of brought her into the comics? Obviously, you know, inspired by the Vitas version. But I want to say it's like maybe ninety four, ninety five, yeah. or something like that. Um, she's like a background character. I mean, that's yeah, not long after mm-hmm. her Vitas. Yeah. Introduction. Yeah. Right on. Okay. Um, but I just I'm thinking I was I read her and Vic's story in fifty two as we all did, um, and. You know, it was very heartfelt. It was a very interesting story, and I really liked it. I, I, I'm assuming mm-hmm. as we all did. <laughs> um, oh yeah. But the more I'm thinking about it, and every so often I think about this, like Renee was was just a detective. Vic Sage was paranoid to yeah. the max. <laughs> unless yeah. unless that's more recent Vic Sage versions, but but to be the question, you gotta be, you're questioning everything. Like you're 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 near full-on conspiracy theorist about everything which renee montoya assuredly is not so i always found it weird that she took on the question that the writers had her become Mm. the next question storyline wise yeah she took on vic's mantle because they were they were so close but i I just feel like she she's not paranoid enough vic i think vic definitely started off as being a lot more you know paranoid and, and sort of the um, sort of the more like weird, creepy Steve Ditko version. But I think one of the things 
that people really grew to love about Vic, or at least one of the later versions of Vic, is that he basically turned into a hippie in the 1980s um, because they, what they did was it was really smart when, when Denny O'Neill relaunched that title. They basically killed off Vic Sage in the first issue and then just sort of rebooted him um, where he's now training under or trained under Richard Dragon um, and just chilled way the fuck out, probably started smoking weed um, and basically just learned how to be a more relaxed <laughs> person. I and I think that's the one that kind of was more um, helpful and, and inspirational to Renee. Um, less so the paranoid one who like first showed up and was just like a weird creep. Yeah, and he got a little. You read? Did you read the many? De, de, uh, the yeah, many but that that was out of continuity. Yeah. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. All right. Because I've spent the whole time. No, I that was a really good one, and I, obviously inspired. I, I by really, that book. really liked it. I just, uh, I did not realize that it oh, was yeah. completely out of continuity because it touched on so many things yeah. that actually. No, well, happened. that I mean, you you know, right from the start, it couldn't be because that version of uh, of uh, Mayor Wesley Furman is not a filthy drunk, and if you know anything about the the original <laughs> one, he's just right. um, like just yeah. drunk all the time talking about Teddy Roosevelt. It's it's a wild time. That's one of my favorite series. <laughs> I, I got to do a deep dive on that at some point. So. That's why I keep mentioning it. Carry a yeah. big stick, Vic. Carry a big stick. Yeah, <laughs> That's a yeah. Teddy Roosevelt quote. But um, <laughs> walk softly, but carry a big stick. Uh, I think that's it for the question. Yeah. No more questions to be answered right now. So our next story is entitled Trilogy. It is written by Alex Pacnadel. Okay, yeah, Pacnadel, uh, with art from Christopher Mitten, colors from Romulo Fajardo Jr., and letters from Troy Pateri. This is about Raven and Beast Boy on our way, on our way, their way to save a trio of boys who have been turned into demons thanks to the Lazarus Reign. And not just any kind of demons, Trigon esque demons, complete with the multiple eyes, something that Raven knows quite a lot about. Uh, they're going through a part of the city that's really messed up, like hellscape, everything's twisted. Uh, you think this is acid, but no, it's hellfire. And, and people are melting <laughs> to the ground. It's really fucking weird. And it's the first page. <laughs> you don't know what's going on yet. You're wondering what the hell's happened. Did I miss something? That's mm-hmm. what I was feeling at the time. Uh, but they make their way to a church of all places where the boys have holed up. Because, as it turns out, the boys are uh, country-living Christians and uh, believe that the priest there can help them and perform exorcisms on them to save them. But the priest has no clue what he's doing. He's never performed an exorcism and has no way to help them. But Raven arrives as Beast Boy stands guard outside, trying to protect them all from the numerous police that are fire-ready, guns drawn, ready to shoot whoever comes out. Uh, so he turns into a tiger and fends them off at the time being. Raven goes in, talks them down. One of the boys is just not having it, especially after she reveals her own multiple eyes, and he realizes that she is a demon, not like them at all, because they're not really demons, they're just children. 
but the other two, which I believe they're all brothers, begin to trust her and figure maybe she can just save them and help them uh, turn back into regular people. While the third boy starts raging around the church because he's just done and doesn't trust Raven, wants help, wants out of it, and thinks only God can help him. Well, some otherworldly being does appear because as Raven and the two boys step outside, Beast Boy has apparently mauled all the police officers to bits, and as Raven asks what the hell's going on, he slowly turns into Trigon, as it was Trigon all along. Beast Boy was never there, and Trigon then uh, teleports Raven away into some dark pits, uh, potentially... Um, uh, not maybe not limbo, but it might be limbo mm. of some kind. A different kind of limbo, not the limbo where forgotten characters different are. Kind of limbo, yeah. No, I yeah. mean it could just be empty. Do we one ever foot, really forget yeah, characters? I mean, according to Final yeah, Crisis, apparently we do. One go <laughs> I really need yeah. to read that again. <laughs> All right, and it ends with Trigon uh, seemingly murdering the two boys because they are not demon enough, and then finds the third one, realizing he is potentially just demon enough to be an heir, and takes him away to parts unknown. Uh, So that was that. I'm Uh, your daddy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it. Yeah, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, it kind of flat out says that Trigon. Or excuse me, that this kid. Yeah, he says I'm, is I'm your Trigon's father. son. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, technically, if he was the one that turned them into demons, even though it might have been the Lazarus raid, that's where it's a little muggy for me. But hopefully, we actually get a resolution to this because that's very open ended. Raven's just floating in a dark void, and Trigon has a new son, and it's really messed up. Uh, th- it was a bit of a trip, that story. I liked it, though, because I don't think we get enough Raven uh, anymore uh, just doing her own thing. Whenever you see Raven, she's just the the, the magic user yeah. on a team during a crisis. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll do it again. Thanks, guys. Thanks for calling on me when you need me, yeah. never the other way around. It's Otherwise, she's yeah. just sitting in the background like wallpaper. Yeah. She's a kick-ass character. Shouldn't be that case. That should not be. That should not be what they do with her. Yeah. There should be a lot more Raven right now. It's 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 a damn shame, and I think this definitely. Yeah, and and I would love to see more, if not uh, Raven from this team as well. Because really, really like this story. Yeah. I mean, there's, 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 I, I, well, okay, maybe there is a little bit of doubt, but I want to say there's no doubt that we're going to find out what happens from here. Because, I mean, that's just way too big to just leave. I mean, we've been let down yeah. before. I, I often bring up Very true. with people when I'm talking about comics, um, the Death of Hawkman oh my God. miniseries. Oh and God. I think, I think I actually brought this up, and I feel like, Brandon, you might have told me it was re- resolved. But I never saw a resolution. No, it really kind of wasn't, though. Because, yeah, Hawkman dies, and then they yeah. just sort of brought him back during uh, Dark Knight's Metal without any explanation. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. But even beyond but, that, like, like there there was a Thanagarian Green Lantern, 
uh, Adam Strange was left in some mystical yeah. void in space, and Despero was back up to full power. And, and then they it just like, ended. I think, I think, <laughs> never brought with up the again. Adam Strange yeah. stuff. They had an Adam Strange um, Johnny Quest crossover when they were doing the Hanna Barbera crossovers, and I think that, if I remember correctly, that explained oh, yeah. how he got back to the regular DCU. But um, yeah, a lot of that stuff was just not explained. What? <laughs> Those are so out of I know, continuity. I know. <laughs> oh man! Um, but yeah, no. Wait, who was it? He crossed Johnny over Quest. With? Johnny you ever watch Johnny Quest? Johnny Quest. Yeah, yeah I know. It was weird. It was hell? fun. <laughs> no, it was actually a fun crossover. Oh but yeah, just a weird choice. Yeah, I think um, I missed that one. Yeah, very. I think I only read the oh, Batman Elmer Fudd. Yeah crossover I read which that. was fantastic i was reading most of them i i think the one that i probably enjoyed the most to the surprise of no one i'm sure was the nightwing mcgilla gorilla crossover yeah <laughs> yeah fair fun. enough they were all yeah. fun runs but uh yeah How did we get to that? <laughs> We're talking about <laughs> Death of Hawkman. We, we train talked our yeah. thought. Oh man. Oh yeah. So yeah, I think that's a prime example of stories that that are fairly interesting that just yeah. don't get resolved ever, yeah. which is really annoying. And I really hope that's not and the speaking case. Speaking of stories me. that never get resolved, and also this artist Christopher Mitten, I'm still waiting on the whole Mister E subplot from the Justice League Dark Annual from like two years ago. Mm. Still has not been resolved. It ain't coming. I'm still waiting on a resolution from a Justice League story from Brian Hitch from like five yeah. years ago. <laughs> I'm still waiting for that's never not, was it not the, gonna happen. The Jeff Johns Aquaman <laughs> story, like um, War of Atlantis or something. Oh no, Rise of the Seven oh, Seas. God, yeah, with the Rise the, of the Seven Seas, the Seven Kingdoms. I'm still waiting right? for yeah, that. That's never yeah. coming. <laughs> not gonna happen. It's gonna come out in twenty twenty six. Like it oops, took a sorry, little while. It was delayed. Here it is. For ten fucking years. Yeah. <laughs> Blame the artist. No. We're oh, blaming you, Mr. Yeah. Johns. Yeah. Yeah. Blame the artist, my ass. I retooled it into a JSA story, then I retooled oh, it yeah. back into yeah, an no, That that totally makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of stuff yeah. that makes sense versus stuff that doesn't, I, I'm talking about that next story. Oh my god! Oh yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay. Oh Jesus! All right. Okay. I I'm curious to see what you have to say about this. And that's this next story is titled City Boy, which is also the titular character. This is written by Greg Pak with art from Minkyu Young. Colors from Sunny Go and letters from Wes Abbott. Uh, and this is about a young man uh, who has made his way to Gotham uh, for some seemingly unknown thing, yet he can read the city very much like Jack Hawksmore, but he can do it without being in bare feet. Yeah. So he, he goes into a park and gets a vibe for the city and gets a feel for a piece of bat memorabilia that's under a nearby park bench and happens to be a Nightwing Batarang, which he thinks is a Batarang replica and figures with the battery still being good, 
it might just pay for some lunch so he's going to get some money seemingly this kid is homeless and just then the lazarus rains begin and a lightning bolt strikes him and then uh through him it strikes some trash which turns into a little cute-ish kind of garbage creature uh which is really really friggin weird yeah, uh, and the whole fucking it talks a little bit it climbs up a shoulder it's like a little like a little garbage rat literally it's like half a water bottle for a head and some twigs and leaves it's, it's fucking wild uh but then he notices that he can read the city a bit more now to a bitter degree he doesn't even need to touch it with his hand uh and he gets a deeper reading and as he notices deep underground in the city there's something of interest so he touches the ground and the ground opens up and he's able to go inside but in behind him from a nearby building is Nightwing watching the entire thing so this kid lands in the sewers but as he lands into the sewers he cracks a pipe on the way down which sprays him with water and then this little garbage rat takes the pipe and sprays him even more beginning to drown him but then Nightwing shows up to rescue him and then the kid is like no off and then kicks Nightwing in the head mm. as he goes after his his treasure which is a golden diamond encrusted tiara so he grabs it and it gets a little electric as he gets a vision of where the tiara came from there was a rich young woman one day who lost it in a windstorm and then for some reason she was interrogated by police and then jailed and now she's just an old woman sitting alone in an apartment uh, Nightwing then saves the boy from the drowning water, and together they realize that maybe this boy should do the right thing and return the tiara, as he does and feels a bit better about himself, and then reveals he has the battering as Nightwing wants it back, but then he says, no, nah, you're not a poor little old lady, and disappears into the city as Batman watches on, and together they realize there's more to come from City Boy. As it even says at the end of that page, there will be more city boy adventures to continue this year i liked it Mm -hmm. i thought it was an interesting character interesting origin uh i think the idea of jack hawksmore and i'm not trying to compare the two but the idea that of jack hawksmore's powers fascinating idea fascinating set and i think uh bringing it into uh a younger character as well can really bring home a few more stories the vibe i get from jack hawksmore is very very serious and you can get a little bit more lighthearted fun out of City Boy, I think. I don't see a point for it. I don't see any reason for it. Um, he's literally just a young Jack Hawksmore clone who gets hit by lightning. Which, speaking of which, uh, you would think DC people would know by now to wear electric resistant boots. I'm just, I'm just fucking saying. Lightning hits a lot of people. <laughs> Um, yeah. But I, I, I don't, I just don't like it. There, it, it's, first, being a, a Hawksmore clone is, it kind of takes away from Jack Hawksmore, and given amping it up to where he's even more powerful than Hawksmore is fucking weird to me. And then you add on top of it that they're going with the name City Boy is completely fucking retarded. I mean that that's worse than Boy Thunder. And uh, I don't like it at all. This this just sounds so bad. So bad. 
Like when he comes back later on, I hope it's maybe for one issue, and then they and then they start uh, investigating <clears throat> who killed him. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's what that's that's what I'm hoping for, man. Well then, yeah. uh, I liked it. <laughs> yeah, there's not much to go on yet. I would say to to, to really talk about. Um, not even really a proper origin, just a a Lazarus reign yeah. part of the origin. But he already had the powers going into it, so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious where that started as well. So I feel there's a, there's a lot more to see with this character, and I hope there's a little bit more depth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll find out eventually. This year at some point. I guess. City boy. Jesus. Do you have anything to do? You, do you have any um, thoughts I'm not entirely against it. I I enjoy this story. I do agree that his his powers are they're not exactly the same as Jack Hawksmore. Obviously, the communication with cities is similar, but his um, I think are are really just more transportation based, and they also give him some information. Um, although I guess we don't really get a full understanding of how much information he gets but i i just got the impression that he can really he can communicate with cities but it's more travel it's not like you know all the extra information that maybe jack hawksmore would get or gets um so i i don't think it devalues um you know jack in any way and i think maybe if they're aware of how similar their powers are but also how different in some ways they might be able to kind of do some interesting stuff with that because I think he was in the Wild Storm 30th anniversary special or whatever they did um, a couple months back and kind of had them interacting and I felt like that could have been interesting just having them sort of have that shared uh, connection and maybe they could tell some more stories that way um, but I don't know I'm not I'm not entirely opposed to it I thought it was a decent story nothing super special but just kind of fun um, and uh, you know maybe maybe they could make something out of the character and uh, kind of have a fun duo with uh, him and and, uh, and Jack Hawksmore but I will say if Jack Hawksmore is the god of cities the self-proclaimed god of cities then I think our, our dear city boy has to be the godling of cities just to really you know complete the comparison oh boy and that's all I have to say Godling. Oh, that would that even that Godling. would be a better name than yeah. fucking city boy. Yeah. <laughs> when uh, he hits eighteen and he starts going by the yeah. name Metro Man. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Great googly oh, movie. Yeah. There, there's yeah. <laughs> We'll see where it goes. Uh, there's, there's definitely some more to see from the character, at least. At least we have that, which is more than we could yeah. say for some of the other stories. Including our next one. Which is about a long-time character that we have not seen properly in a while. But every time we do, his current status is a little bit more muddy. Uh, this is about Firestorm, the nuclear man. And this one is titled Reign of Terror, written by Dennis Culver with art from Jesus Marino, colors from Romulo Fajardo Jr. He has been busy this week. And letters from Dave Sharp. Ronnie Raymond is infused with 
Professor Stein, uh, where last time I saw them, I don't think they were the pairing. I thought Jason Rush was involved. We haven't seen Jason in ages. Uh, they're, they're having a bit of a squabble because apparently Stein, and I think this was revealed recently in something that Stein was actually the one to uh, trick Ronnie into fusing with him in the Firestorm Matrix in the first place against his will. He was. Uh, and Ronnie's kind of pissed off about that, understandably so. As the Lazarus rain begins and they're struck by lightning, uh, which kind of messes with the Firestorm Matrix, defusing them, and they crash land in conveniently in a crater. Uh, but it's, it turns out Professor Stein is not as okay as Ronnie is. We don't quite know yet what it is, but he seems to be in not great condition. A few days later, Star Labs is investigating the crater as Ronnie Raymond looks on while chatting with a Star Labs doctor. Uh, just then, a shadow Dr. demon... Dr. Ramirez. Sorry? Dr. Ramirez. Oh, Dr. Ramirez. Okay. I don't think I actually mm. saw a name... Oh, no, it's right there. Yeah, Dr. Ramirez. When I was reading the issue, I completely glossed over his name. <laughs> <laughs> I did the first time. I had to go back. And I'm like, surely this guy's got a name. Yeah, he must, yeah. All uh, right, so Dr. Ramirez and Ronnie Raymond talking. As a shadow demon of all things from Crisis on Infinite Earths, uh, among various other stories, attacks seemingly from out of nowhere since, uh, you know, shadow demon after all, uh, attacks the Star Labs employees, uh, potentially killing a couple as Ronnie says, look, we need to stop that thing. Hits it with a rock, getting its attention, and convinces Dr. Ramirez that he needs to fuse with Ronnie, uh, despite the fact that it could potentially kill them both because the Firestorm Matrix is a little bit hate-wire right now, but what have we got to lose? But it works, and Firestorm is riding again. Uh, Ronnie can now see the portal with which the Shadow Demon came through, and they put up a little bit of a fight while Dr. Ramirez convinces Ronnie to use a containment tube and send it flying back into the portal, which he promptly closes using his powers. Now, together, they realize that maybe they need to work together a little bit more, but for now, they're going to defuse as Ronnie then lays eyes on Dr. Ramirez, and he has aged rapidly, seemingly Holy 30 to 40 years older. And then he realizes that there's more wrong with the Firestorm Matrix than he originally thought, as that is exactly what happened to Professor Stein as he became withered and old. Also, 30 to 40 years older, uh, he is not looking good whatsoever. As we Not see looking good? Page. Dude looks like a mummy with a yeah, breathing basically. tube. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's, he's skin and bones. He's nothing. Uh, so Ronnie and Ramirez refuse into Firestorm. Uh, hopefully just saving Dr. Ramirez for the time being. And as it says, only the beginning, so it remains to be seen if we will see them again. I hopefully hope so. so, because we, just like Raven, criminally underrated, don't get any Firestorm Definitely. stories. Uh, it's a damn uh, shame. Yeah, because, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but um, the last time that we saw Firestorm in any kind of prominent way was uh, way back with that whole uh, oh hell what the hell was the name of it Pro the project Superman yeah the super it was like the Superman project or the Superman conspiracy or something like yeah. that and and or, no I think it was the Superman theory the super, I'm pretty yeah. sure it's the Superman theory but it definitely wasn't great and I hope that this would be wait which yeah. which story was that Project Superman 
from Doomsday Clock. They had that that. Oh okay, red. oh okay, yeah. Because I was thinking of the, the Doomsday yeah. Clock. I forgot. Yeah, I forgot yeah. No, it was it was they had that underlying plot thread of the Superman theory that basically revealed right. that Martin Stein had, you know, planned to create a Started hero. Started all. Right. Yeah, essentially. Right. Thanks, Stein. You fucked everything. I forgot everything about up. that entire plot. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the that's wow. the last time I remember seeing Ronnie. Raymond and you said Josh and any kind of prominence and so they never really did anything with that but I guess that's still in continuity they kind of hinted at it in Dark Crisis where he was like oh I can't help you guys because I got you know that whole thing going on but they didn't make an explicit reference to any of that but I guess here they're really saying like no that that happened that was in continuity and uh you know we're, we're continuing with that plot thread now my thing is if that is the case uh, that happened years ago at this point. Like, they've been through two reboots mm-hmm. since then, and Roddy's still pissed off. Like they're still regularly every time they fuse, he's like, "God, I hate you!" Like, <laughs> <laughs> had, no, I'm sure it's exactly like that for quite a while at this point. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. I'm sure it is exactly like that. Where he's just like, "God, I hate you," but we got to do it. I need you. <laughs> yeah fucking prick look we all have to work <laughs> with people we hate sometimes yeah <laughs> ain't that the truth uh, ain't that the truth oh you're just a floating head stein well you made my hair go on fire so you. exactly so, so screw you man. Yeah. yeah man i don't know about you guys i thought the head. firestorm stuff was pretty cool uh setting up a new a new uh person for ronnie to merge with i thought that was kind of cool um the son of trigon stuff is is pretty interesting Montoya's yeah. felt like a, just a side story, and well, I mean, you guys, you guys know what I feel like about City Boy, but I mean, I enjoyed the art across the whole the whole book completely. I thought it was all really good. Yeah, no, um, I, I enjoyed it all. Yeah, I haven't been. Mm-hmm, yeah, I haven't been loving all of Lazarus Planet so far, but I will say that this week probably had some of my. My favorite stories thus far the particular highlights being uh the raven story um which just like rob said gotta have more of raven such a underutilized character and then even though i'm not in love with the plot thread i'm excited to see more of firestorm and i hope he gets his own series in dawn of the dcu you and me both i i mean i i i'm gonna step away from popular opinion on this podcast here but i i want firestorm even more than i want raven not, I, not a whole bunch more. I agree with that. I would probably go with right? Raven just because, yeah, if they're giving Cyborg a book, I feel like Raven should also have a book. Just kind of let them be their own characters for a little bit. But that's me. I mean, I'm you know, I'm a that. Titans fanboy. Uh, having that's a Raven right. book. I, I, I can agree with that. I'm, I'm all for that. But at the end of the day, like Raven at least is in Titans. She has appearances in Nightwing. She's in That's various valid. other things. Yeah, she, had a, she had a big part in the most recent crises. Firestorm is like once every five years, if yeah. we're lucky. Which is a <laughs> and it's a grab yeah, When bag. is the last time like, they had a had Firestorm such... book? Like 2012? <laughs> if that. Maybe. He's had such little continuity that they're still referencing stories that happened five years ago. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Like, there's there's no valid substance. And where the fuck is Jason Ooh. Rush? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's somewhere. They 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 put so much 
effort into building that character and then they just toss him away like yesterday's jam. Yeah. Well, I know yeah. where he's not. He's not in Central City. <laughs> That's very true. But before we do that, scores? Oh, uh, shit. Yeah. Um, eight out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Eight out of ten. Yeah. Mm. I, I thought I it was yeah, 7.5. 7. 7.5. 7.5, right on. Yeah, well, an 8 for me, I think, is a very respectable 8. Uh, nothing stand out in the in this issue, but I don't think really a necessarily bad story among the bunch. Mm. Hey, given that I've written... Given that I have... Re- Whoa, what the hell? My mic just decided to dance all on its own. Uh, given that I've reviewed every Flash book for, like, the last year, you mind if I pick up this last part? Go for it. Go for it. Right on. Um, you you want you want to do all four stories? Yeah, I got it. Right. I got it done pretty 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 uh, pretty solid here. So uh, right first and foremost, the whole book is written by Jeremy Adams and lettered by Rob Lee, but the art does change. In part one, we've got uh, pencils by Fernando Perseran. Inks by Matt Ryan, but only on the first page, and Jason Paz was on the rest of it. Colors came from Matt Herms, and the cover, which I think is pretty damn cool, came from Serge Acuna. Um, part one is super easy, one sentence long. This is just Vel Anthro, leader of the Fraction, giving us a little bit of a backstory on his planet and how they tapped into the Speed Force and their motivation to gobble up everything in sight. And uh, that is that is the entirety of the first part of this issue. The the so um, I don't feel like there's just much more to say about it. The art was great, and um, I mean I guess the origin story was kind of cool, but we didn't really need it. I just need to know it's a bad guy coming from outer space looking to steal speeders. That's all I need to know. Well, I really like the concept of it. Idea yeah. of someone just manipulating the speed force not necessarily for heroics but just basically is to conquer because it, it's it's a it's a cool idea like yeah if you found a way to basically freeze time to a crawl and destroy planets like of course you would use that as often as you could right <laughs> one of my favorite things that are coming out of this is the fraction frequently has mentioned so far that among the many planets that have conquered every so often if not every planet has a natural conduit on mm. it, which is a Speed Force user in their vernacular. So if there's a speedster on pretty much every planet, like, are we going to see them? <laughs> and now that we've Absolutely. had the intergalactic wrestling ring, like maybe, maybe yeah. Wally can start planet hopping and meet intergalactic speedsters. I think that'd be amazing. I mean, maybe. And they have their planet Flash, I think, which was mentioned in the 2021 annual, which could also be like a central hub for speedsters across the galaxy. So there's really a lot that you could do with that. Yeah. And the the fraction are not perfect because they said four, maybe, maybe five speedsters. And I think that might just be covering the bad guys. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, that they, when they, when they said that was uh, in their vicinity, Ah, that's true. So yeah. I guess not technically worldwide. Yeah, like they're not counting Avery. Max was off in the the distance, so it wasn't really close. But uh, yeah, getting into that part two was from art 
uh, part two's art came from Serge Akuna, the uh, cover artist. Colors came from Rebecca Nalti, and um, this is it. Avery has her soul sucked out by some dude named Dark Boo, who, if he existed prior to this, I do not remember. But uh, he takes her soul, puts it in the gem, and apparently if he goes out near the sun, he'll be able to soak it all up and uh, use it to destroy the world. Some fractions dude show up, grab him, because he's frozen now, like everybody else on the planet. Uh, Avery heard him when he said all he needs to do is get to space, so she's like, uh, no. So she jumps on the board, and she doesn't know what's going on. Meanwhile, some fraction dudes are planning on doing some exploring, and that leads directly into part three, so I'm just going to jump over to it because it's like this is just one long part here with different art. Uh, this stuff is from Lissandro Esteran with colors from Patricio de Peche, I want to say. And it picks right up with the last one off. Like I mentioned, the fraction dudes exploring. They go into a mansion, which is having some sort of rich people function, and starts taking them all out. Uh, at the end, we find out that the person taking out the fraction people is none other than Godspeed. Somebody I don't think they saw coming. Haha. Um. <laughs> I don't think any of us did. I know I didn't. Yeah. Well, remind me again, because I, I kind of skipped out towards the end of the Williamson Flash run, but last I remember, Godspeed was dead? Yeah. yeah. And I think so, he got brought back or something. So I, I saw a thread about that. I, I actually forgot how that, that completely ended. So so Reverse Flash did potentially snap his neck, but then mm -hmm. later on, when you got to see his gravestone, there was some kind of... Uh, lightning bolt speed mirage happening and then right. his tombstone faded away so, so something weird. was changed yeah mm. yeah still altogether the part two and part three i enjoyed um yeah and i'm honestly i'm glad to see godspeed back uh anytime that we get a speedster coming back and being a bad guy that isn't fun I'm cool with. I don't necessarily hate Thon, but man, talk about an overplayed character. And, uh... Oh, Thon, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, part four, wrapping up the book. Um, not a story that I saw coming with art from George Cam... Bad Days? <laughs> Colors again from Matt Herms. Um... So we're in the future now, and, and Jay West is all grown up. Well, I mean, more grown up anyway, and he's wearing a pretty cool Surge costume. He's seeing all the Fraction stuff, and he makes a call to who, who I think is Irie. It doesn't yes. really look like... Yeah. It doesn't look like Jesse Quick, so... Um, uh, she tells him that Impulse is sending some help, and that comes in the form of someone that he has apparently met before, or will, or something um but that someone complete with her own skeets is gold beetle and that's pretty cool um side note these two have a crush on each other they kiss and then go off to save the world what a love story um 
I didn't see a single panel in here where the art faltered. Uh, the first part, or not the first part, excuse me. Um, well, yeah, the first part, I, it felt kind of unnecessary. Uh, part two with the dark woo stuff, I feel like that kind of came out of anywhere, but I didn't hate it. The way it wrapped up in part three was really good. And then seeing the future with Jay West and Irie both looking very badass. And then piling on the gold beetle on top of that. Dude, I thought that was fun. I thought it was cool as hell. And man, did it look good. I gave this whole book an 8 out of 10. I thought it was I thought it was fucking great. The only nitpick I have with the art is during the the future part. Um mm-hmm. for the most part I liked it, but there were there were numerous panels where the perspective is kind of weird and the arms and legs depending on on what's in the foreground just look insanely stretched out like they're Mr. Fantastic or something. Yeah, and I was thinking specifically, uh, you might be thinking of the same panel that I am, but there's one where Gold Beetle is like descending from basically her version of the bug, and her left leg looks like it's stretching like Mr. Fantastic. I first really noticed it. It's the same idea on the very last page with the last panel. Gold Beetle's jumping down, and it's the same deal with her legs. It's just really stretched out. But then I went Mm, back and looked at it like, with Irie, it's kind of weird. The 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 one panel we get with her, and then yes. Jay fighting characters at the, the beginning is kind of weird with his arms and legs. It's mm. it's just a little off at times, but for the most yeah. part, I, I still Wait. really enjoyed it. Hold on, you guys what? are complaining about the way that arms and legs are shaped. The 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 same two guys who are incessantly trying to get me to appreciate <laughs> Raleigh Rosmo are going to complain about. This? It's, nah, it's not the son. shape. It's the length. Yeah. The but, length like, I don't know. Plus, his, I would say his stuff is never elongated to the point where it looks yeah. like they're noodles. Like, they might be oddly proportioned, but, you know, they're, yeah. they, they are the right size. It's not like they're stretching like they're, you know, Gumby or something. Yeah. yeah no, because he's never drawn a face that looks like a jelly bean before. But... <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, altogether, I gave the book an 8 out of 10. I don't know how you guys felt about it altogether, but um, I I really dug this one. I thought it was pretty cool, man. Yeah, it was really cool. Cool cool to see uh, Avery. Cool to see Godspeed. Uh, I'm I'm interested in the the Fraction Origin and Gold Beetle. Like, blowout character for me. Love her. Uh, I want more. Yeah, I love Gold Beetle. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no. I'm, uh, I'm in agreement with that. I'm I feel like Gold Beetle has the personality of Booster, but sort of the technical know-how of Ted, which is is just a great combination. Yeah. Um, That's so a good way a to put it. Um, but yeah, no, I did, I did felt like you know, her, her story was a lot of fun. What's up? Sorry, did did they go into her ancestry? Like, is she a descendant of somebody? I he think yeah. Him. They say like at some point the cord and um um Carter. What's yeah, the Corden Carter family lines like connected at some point, and oh no shit! Oh, she's related to them both. I completely Fair missed enough. that. That's cool as hell. That explains a lot. Yeah, that explains a Maybe whole hell of a lot. Marries Victoria Cord or something, and then yeah. their children um, somewhere down the line uh, give birth to to Gold Beetle. Fair enough. 
Either way, I'm just happy she exists. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not right. <laughs> um, Indeed. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good issue. Um, bit of a step off from the main story, which when you get these anthology titles in the middle of an event, it's, it's kind of just, what are we doing? But this wasn't, mm -hmm. I didn't feel that at all. Like, I was kind of interested in all four stories in this. Uh, and while they didn't all 100% have to do with what was going on, it was still cool to see uh, all these, these characters that we haven't seen in a while or we'll see in the future. So I'm yeah. all for it. I, I gave the whole issue, how it, I think, an 8.75, if not a 9, to be honest. Yeah, no, this was probably my favorite of the week. Um, just a lot of fun stories here. It's always fun seeing the extended members of the Flash family, both um, in the present and in the future, which is, is really cool because they're just kind of tying everything together, um, which is, is fun. So this one got an 8.5 out of 10 for me. All right, so with that, uh, I think with the amount of books we have, we might omit the top three and instead just rank all four. What do you guys think? I mean, the, of, I think uh, that's, I think that's pretty fair. Um, yeah. I think that's, yeah. No, well, then in that case, let me go ahead and and uh, do that myself. Um, I would put Legends of Gotham at, at in 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 number four, uh, number five Harley Quinn, but uh, the books that we cut, uh, Legends of Gotham number four. I gave uh, number three to Lazarus Planet. Like Brandon said, it is one of the most enjoyable issues of Lazarus Planet, and um, with honestly with Lazarus Planet I have not been anywhere near as disappointed as I thought I was going to be which is a good thing and rather shocking to me uh, part two or number two I guess <laughs> um, I gave that to the Flash it, it narrowly got into uh, narrowly got into second place because I enjoyed it so much but I gave the first place to DC Power because um, there were it, they were just really, really good stories focusing on the characters that were a part of it. Uh, granted, having Amazing Man show up was not exactly necessary, but it was it was welcome to see, and the rest were just really fucking good. Uh, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in uh, my favorite moment here. Uh, it's when John tells Kelly that sometimes a bully is only afraid of a bigger bully. Uh, it was reminiscent of my high school days, like I mentioned before, and that just made me smile. I mean, like, ear-to-ear -ear smile. That was the way that they handed that. It wasn't it wasn't too deep. It was realistic, and and it had Kelly in it, so that, that, that was definitely a plus for me there, too. That was my favorite moment. I wish I would have chose Brandon's favorite moment, which I'm going to assume is Jay Garrick. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, it, it would be, but I actually have another one. But should I rank them? Go first? Yeah, go if, ahead. If you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I would probably say at number four, I have, um, hmm, 
I would probably put Lazarus Planet again, my my favorite of them so far. Um, but um, you know, still, I'm still not like super pumped about the event overall. Um, but at number three, I have um, the DC Power, which I felt like was just a mashup of really good stories, save for the last two, which were just reprints of stories that we've already seen. Kind of disappointing there. Um, at number two, I had uh, Legends of Gotham, just a really fun romp, like I keep saying. I don't know why I keep using the word romp. I just can't think of any other word. Um, but at number one, I had the um, One Minute uh, War special, which I thought was just a really solid mashup of stories um, that, like Josh said, just kind of flowed seamlessly and, and really all one big, uh, large story, which I thought was cool. And Excited to see what the rest of uh, One Minute War will bring. Oh, yeah. My favorite moment might have been the J moment, which made me laugh. But honestly, um, there was something about this moment in the Firestorm story that also made me laugh. It was kind of cool. And it's when he first fuses with Ramirez. And it's just this giant splash page of him going, oh, yeah, Firestorm still got it, which is so incredibly cheesy, um, but perfect. Also, kind of endearing at the same time. Perfect, Ronnie. Like, yeah, this is uh, this is it. Yeah, perfect, Ronnie. It's like just just ridiculous, but it's fitting for him. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, well, how about you, our me, furious leader? I think I will also put Lazarus Planet Legends Reborn number one at number four. And then I will pop in... Now I, I'm kind of confused on my two and three. Oh, man. Uh, I think I'll put DC Power Celebration, then Legends of Gotham, and then Flash One Minute War Special. Uh, I do want to just asterisk this, that that's not an indication of the, the quality of, of each book being bad. It's They were all really good. Um, I did kind of flip through DC Power Celebration while you guys were reviewing it and seeing what I saw was very interesting and I can't wait to actually dive deeper into it uh, but I think that'll be my ranking for now favorite moment though in yeah. Legends of Gotham uh, Conan and King starting off saying let's get serious here I'm betting ten dollars. Like, oh, I forgot Dude. about that I'm just confused as to how Conan okay, King a million <laughs> yeah I, I'm confused as to how Condiment King even got an invite. Was yeah, that just like a pity seriously. thing? But he had to fly <laughs> all the way out to Samora. I'm assuming that cost well, money. That's, right? That's he had to take out a reverse mortgage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you came all the way here, probably on your own dime, <laughs> to bid $10. Come on, man. Oh, man. <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Ten dollars and six packs of McDonald's ketchup. Sold. <laughs> <laughs> you are not getting the mustard because it's honey mustard. That's rare. <laughs> That's the expensive stuff. Hell yeah, it is. All right. Uh, so yeah, that was our favorite part. We always we always do everybody else's favorite part. But do we even have a biggest stinker, really? <laughs> we can I mean, all just say Harley if we so want small, to. Really, yeah. Isn't it? yeah, yeah. I mean, if we had yeah. to, if if I had to put one out there, I know you guys didn't peek into it, but it would just be Harley, um, yeah. only because none of it really mattered, and it was awful expensive for something that 
for something like <laughs> that. But I mean, really, I don't even hate that. So I think we should all just take a pass on the biggest stinker. Or even better, just reiterate. Now, just stay with me now. We just reiterate how shitty Tim Drake was. It's so bad as big a stinker two weeks in a row. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, boy. And I think that's it. We've been talking for a while considering it was only only indeed we have four four books but uh yeah we had a lot to talk about with stories Mm -hmm. yeah we had the movie news and then it may have been four books but it equates to if you count each individual story it was something like 12 or 13 stories so (laughs) yeah plus the legends of gotham one shot was like 48 pages so yeah it's true a lot of stuff yeah there, there was a lot, a lot to talk about still, and we didn't even cover a book. Fancy that. <laughs> I know. If we did that, we'd be here another hour. Uh, well, with that, if there's nothing else to mention, I think we'll call it, and that will be our show. Bang That's together. it. So remember, you can help support us by going to buymeacoffee.com forward slash NAR podcast. Check us out on Twitter at NotARobotComics and subscribe to our Substack for bonus reviews, articles, and more. And as always, there's only one way to say goodbye around here. Until next time, be good to each other and don't be a robot. Yeah. Mm-hmm.